to the bomb hole. Bomb hole podcast. It's going to be very hot. It's going to be very uncomfortable for everybody. <laughs> the bomb going slide down in big hills. You know what I mean? On the big, nice, burgundy snowboard. Okay, here we go again with another episode of The Bomb Hole, which is presented by Pub Beer. Now, first things first, always got to ask, Stony Buds, how we doing? So good, my dog. God, love hearing that. Now, to my left, we got Sean Malto in the booth. Malto, how we doing? Doing great. Yeah. Well, we are happy to have you, Malto. Uh, some of our audience are snowboarders, so I'll do a little brief intro for those of our audience that are unfamiliar with who you are. But uh, Malto is basically a household name, pro skateboarder, generational talent. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say generational talent. Uh, won Street League, tons of incredible video parts, pro for Nike, Mountain Dew, uh, Girl, Skateboards, Kansas City OG. We're going to get into all of that. But first things first, you've been snowboarding a bunch. Yeah, so I've actually been snowboarding almost as long as I've been skating. Oh, really? Yeah, it doesn't really show out there on the <laughs> slopes, but you know, <laughs> uh, I've loved snowboarding for a very long time. I think I started skating when I was 10, and I started snowboarding when I was... 12 so where does one learn how to snowboard in kansas city snow creek you know shout out uh, shout out snow creek how far is that from where you grew up 20 minutes oh nice um it was this little hill super small super icy you know just middle of nowhere in kansas but um it was fun my brother worked there and uh it was great like i heard your brother's a bit of a problem on the snowboard yeah, for sure. He was. He was trying to fulfill the dream for a little bit. He was, like, really wanting to be a pro snowboarder. And, like, he got good um, for, you know, us. You know, I know you guys. Uh, <laughs> Dude, I had a no little idea different there was a resort in, around Kansas City. That's yeah. crazy. Do you guys get snow ever in the city? Yeah, we oh, get really? snow. Yeah, it's not a ton, but we definitely get it. I remember one summer going out to California, driving out to California, I had to push my car out of snow to, like, drive to to la for some warmer weather um so we definitely get a little snow solid um now i gotta i gotta ask you grew up high school um when did you when did you start skating that's what i want to know so i started skating when i was 10 um and it was strictly because of uh i swam in this pool when i like growing up my dad's in the military so i grew up on a military base um and i was swimming in this pool and i looked over and there was a skate park across the street so um my brothers and i just kind of made our way over there and then my brother got really into it and you know i'm the youngest so the little brother syndrome i kind of had to one do what they did and then two try to be better than them at whatever they did just to be able to hang you know like you know the younger brother you always kind of like got to bring around but i always wanted to try to like earn my spot there so whenever they learned a trick i had to learn it and whatever so um that's kind of how it all started was military dad not stoked that you guys were skating or yeah no he was not stoked yeah, he didn't really like get it yeah <laughs> he was like you know i think like most parents like i'm sure it's the same in the snowboard world just like oh it's a little phase like that's cute whatever and then years down the road they're like are you seriously still doing this you know um <laughs> but my dad is like major military guy like graduated from west point you know he's like has his kind of like regiment whatever so we had to work around that a little bit and skating street on a military base if you get in trouble it'll kind of always makes it back to your dad so he was a little like annoyed by that I bet. did he put some good self-discipline and stuff like that um 
growing up, like learning how to manage your time and Yeah, my dad is like um he's very good in that way. He's very like logistical. You know what I mean? My mom was like have fun and do whatever like be like whatever be who you are my dad was like cool but like here's you know what i mean so i feel like i kind of got the best of both of those worlds um but my dad was um you know just like most parents like what are you gonna do with your life and like is this really gonna like is this really gonna do it for you you know you're spending all this energy doing this one thing are you ever gonna like figure out a way to do something that might benefit you, you know? And it was like that up until I started actually making money. <laughs> Which was at what age? So I started to get paid from skating when I was 15 or 16. Oh, wow. Yeah. I, think, I mean, I was like 500 bucks a month or something, you know, like. At least that's something. Though, that's a lot that. of money for sure. that young, though. For, yeah, sure. for that age. I didn't need it. And, like, my parents were fine, and they always provided for me, which I was lucky in that way. So, um, basically, just went into a bank account that I didn't even, like, look at, you know. That's did you great. Did you drop out of high school? Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, shout yeah. out. Let's give <laughs> an air horn for that. <laughs> Dad must not have been hyped on that. Oh, my God. I mean, both parents were not really yeah. stoked on that one. But my freshman year of high school, I showed up. I went to class for two weeks. And I was like, cool. And then uh, at the time, DC was like, hey, you want to go on this trip? And I was like, you know, obviously talked. I had to talk to my parents about it because I'm super young. I'm like, hey, this company wants to fly me to Miami and go skate. Like, you know how crazy that is, right? And they were like, okay, all right. You can go, whatever. And I went. And by the time I came back, all my teachers had thought I moved away. They were like, what are you doing? They're like, we thought you moved. Like, we didn't even know you're in the class anymore. And then I was like trying to catch back up where everybody else was. And then right when I was about to catch up, another trip popped up. And I just told my mom, I was like, hey, this is like, I, I don't know what you want me to do here. Like, I can't do both. Um so she was like, all right, if you go to homeschool and do your things, you can keep going on these trips, whatever. And then um, I went to homeschool, and I kind of did the work, but not really. And then at 16 or 17, I had a pretty clear path. I was like, fuck it. I'm going going that way. You the know? trips kept popping up, right? What do you yeah. What you, I, like, I'm not going to go skate with Ryan Gallant and Ryan Smith and, like, these other pro skaters I've looked up to and – you know, they got it. Like, my mom, for sure, was like, okay, like, they got it, whatever. And my dad was, like, still kind of a little skeptical, you know. But it was like, the, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, what? As a kid, I have this opportunity. I kind of got to try to take it. And you're making money. And I was making money. Yeah. Yeah. So. You switch flipped your way right out of high school. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Did you only make it through ninth grade then? No, actually, so... I did the homeschool up until, uh, like, through freshman year. Or, sorry, through sophomore year. And then I was like, all right, I'm going to go and just try to, like, test out. Just try to gain credits and, like, test out whatever. And I did my best I could. I think I, like, got – what is it in Kansas? I think you need, like, 28 credits to graduate, and I have, like, 21. Oh, wow. 
So I have another year left or yeah. so. Or no whatever. GED then either, huh? No. Nice. I thought yeah. about it. That was like a <laughs> pandemic kind of goal. I was like, should I go get my GED? I'm like bored. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, and then I looked into it for all of about five minutes Get and was over, over that. Yeah, I was like, maybe I'll just play video games for the next yeah, year. Yeah, like, do you even yeah. need this GED? You know? <laughs> now, I heard a story when you were uh, younger, you used to skate. Uh, you had a, a bowl cut, uh, a green helmet. You would wear all types of pads. And then I heard an, um, a story about some razor tail. Maybe yeah. you could walk us through that. Yeah, so, um, I mean, just like skating, it's, or, sorry, just like, anything you know like you get hurt when you're a little kid and like when you add skating or any action sports you kind of like it compounds that and my brothers and i were always a little uh injury prone i guess we like to try to fucking do shit that we don't know how to do so um it just like added up like uh one, the bowl cut comes from my grandma. My grandma used to cut my hair. Give her an air horse. And, yeah, shout out to my grandma, R.I.P. Um, but it was, like, my my grandma was, like, retired from cutting hair, and my mom's a hairstylist, and I think my mom was just, like, you got to let your grandma cut your hair just because it, like, would make her happy. And she just, it was straight bowl cut. So, <laughs> um, And then... You know, the helmet was like, I was like, I don't want to wear a helmet, whatever. I hit my head and ended up throwing up. And, like, my mom was like, you got to wear a helmet. I'm like, okay. Tried to skate this sketchy flat bar. We used to put, like, make two-by-four flat bars, like, just, like, whatever, nail two-by-fours together and put two pieces of angle iron. And I stuck, hit my shin, gashed my shin open, and there you go. Now I have shin guards. And then (laughs) I hit my teeth on the ground and then now I have a mouth guard. So uh, it's just like compounded, whatever. And then, uh, yeah, uh, one day I was, um, skating this place called Pleasant Valley skate park. And, um, I, you know, was skating a board for, you know, you just skate your boards until you really can't. And like, I had this super bad razor tail. And I remember I was like, I was a small kid. So I was probably 12. Um, and like really, really small and tried to Smith grind this bench and my back foot slipped off. My nose jammed in the ground and I credit carded myself straight on the razor tail. And I'm one of those guys that takes off running when I get hurt. Like I try to run it off, like trick myself that I'm not hurt. So I'm like running in circles. just like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then I go to the Porter potty and like, I like check and I, my and like my hands bloody and I'm like oh my god I go to the hospital and I split my taint open which was the scariest thing in the world I was tripping out and I had to go and uh, get stitches in my taint at 12 years old in the hospital it's a very vulnerable experience yeah it was like it was like almost like one of those pregnancy like chairs in the hospital like my feet were out yeah Yeah. and like (laughs) I remember like having to hold Some like, dude with a headlamp Having to hold Yeah like, like hey Jim You gotta get in yeah. here Somebody else this. come and see this tank Oh my god The doctor was male But there's two male uh, Or two female nurses And like I'm trying to like Cover everything up And I have to hold it And they put this like Piece of paper down And like Had to Yeah I got three At stitches 12 that's gotta be tank. rough Yeah I was female like Female nurses getting a peek yeah, the taint slice that was very, very embarrassing. Um, could have been worse, though. You could have lost your nutsack. Or I, yeah, like it was actually, it was probably a maybe. good place to 
to land. Yeah. Um, but it was, yeah, traumatic, traumatic. experience. <laughs> I heard you gained a nickname from that experience as well. Yeah, yeah. The kids at school called me Waddles because I, <laughs> I couldn't walk right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I had to, like, keep my legs apart and waddle around That would never stuck, unfortunately. Yeah. No, yeah, that thank God. Tough go, right? yeah. We could actually try to make Waddles stick. Waddles. Yeah. <laughs> I went to a small middle school, so, you know, my I think my class was, like, eight people so oh wow oh damn you know that just was those seven others you know i just stuck <laughs> with them it. yeah i was on the basketball team too couldn't play my uh, coach was all mad at me you're all benched yeah i got benched because i got stitches in my taint <laughs> like how embarrassing well, that's so, the life we chose i guess yeah, yeah huh? this is the life we chose you know it's so funny you say that like i'll pull into a parking lot to look at a spot with my girlfriend and like we'll just way detour 180 like just check out some rail or something I'll be like, sorry, baby, this is the life you chose. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it, right? That's like, <laughs> can't turn it off now. It's never going to skate or snowboard on the spot, probably yeah. ever, but you like, got to get eyes on it. Just kind of uh, realize you, uh, there's, it's not possible to credit card on a snowboard, huh? Uh, no, no. Yeah, you can't no. get, yeah, you can't get sacked on a snowboard. Uh, One foot moves. Yeah. No, you can't get sacked. It's good. Yeah. You can have, I mean, you can get absolutely. Destroyed. There's a lot of you ways can't get to get sacked. work, though. So, you know, skiers can get sacked. They get sacked. But yeah. Um, have you ever had a skier on the bomb hole? We have. We have. Yeah. You have? Yeah. Really? Three. Three, actually. Wow. Three. Yeah. yeah. We're down. We're down for We're down for the ones that are dope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think we're all like, do whatever you love, but, you know, there's some people yeah. that, <laughs> that don't. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Well, uh I want to kind of change gears back into some snowboard stuff or skate stuff rather. Cause I remember seeing you the first time I saw you was the yes, we Canada tour. Cause we were, we were skate nerds growing up. Me and my buddy, Scotty Stevens, we would watch these things like crazy. And I just went back and watched that before we did this podcast. And it was so cool. Cause it's like Jeremy Rogers, Costin, yourself, uh, Mike Moe, Rick McCrank. And was that your first time ever uh, going on a tour with the girl team? Yeah, that was uh like my first trip with everybody. Um Yeah, it was really surreal actually. It was just like, "Hey, like we're going to Canada, you should come." And I was like, "Fuck, yeah, of course." You know what I mean? Um had Costin posters on my wall. Like, "Yeah, right" was one of my favorite videos and um so getting to go out there and uh Yeah, it was crazy just showing up. Um I remember Costin Kassen had brought this, uh, it was like he wheeled this thing in that was like kind of big. And it was Mike Mo and I's first trip. So Mike Mo and I kind of like got together because we're like, well, we don't know what we're doing here. Like, this is so crazy. We don't know how to navigate this. And so we were like looking around and like Kassen showed up to the hotel, like with his luggage and he was wheeling this thing. And we were like, what is that? And we're like, dude, he, I bet he has like award ceremonies to go to. I bet like those are suits. Like we were like trying to speculating and it ended up just being golf clubs, but (laughs) (laughs) you know, we're like, that's how we thought of Costin, you know, still do to some degree. It's like, he is the man, you know what I mean? Like he's like, has all this stuff. And then, so yeah, that trip was crazy. And we just skated, skated like my first demo, like super, like, whoa, people, like, kids want to see us skate? Like, this is weird, whatever. And then to, you know, skate with those guys and the energy around that and to have, like, you know, it was, like, such a good time. And then 
for that video to come out and Mike Mo and I to have like our introduction to girl was insane. It was like, it was a little, little crazy. It was like, uh, you know, people around town were like, dude, that video was sick. And I was like, Oh shit. Like these guys know about skating. Like this is amazing. Like whatever. Um, but yeah, that was one of the craziest trips of my entire life to just be that young and, and not understand anything and just going on a trip with, you know, the best skateboarders in the world. That's how you learn, huh? Totally. I have a Patreon question um, since we're speaking of the girl team. This is from Thomas Portet. Which one of the old heads on the girl team is your favorite? Which one of the young heads as well? At the moment, um, I mean, it's hard as an older head to not say Mike Carroll because Mike Carroll, so legendary, amazing. Um, Everybody, Rick Howard. Rick McCrank was actually my favorite skater growing up. Um, I really loved that he could do it all. Uh, he could skate rails, ledges, transition. So um, I would say, you know, all those guys are good. But if I would say the older head, Rick McCrank, is way up there for me. Um, newer guys, Simon Banero is so good at skating it's insane he like one the kid doesn't get tired like he could just skate as long as he wants which i'm so jealous of um but he just like he loves skating so much and like like his board almost looks like a part of his body like it's just the way he can navigate and he's one of those guys that can do it all too he'll skate a vert ramp he'll skate a manual pad he'll skate a ledge he'll he'll do anything and so watching him skate and like seeing how his career is going it's it's really impressive solid now uh just going back real briefly to the yes we canada tour watching that thinking about those names uh jeremy rogers was on that trip and he was like a conveyor belt of tricks like it seemed like he was just owning demos like he just destroyed that i forgot how good jeremy rogers was conveyor belt of tricks and a conveyor belt of talking shit (laughs) 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 that guy he was like the one dude for whatever reason that was like, you know, if you think of like in sports, like your rookie year or whatever, like he was the guy that was giving Mike Mo and I the most shit that whole time. It was like relentless. <laughs> just hazing you Just, guys. just, he would not stop. And he was so good too that like, you know, he's like, like I was like, God, I want to be better than him. And like, I just wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, we just picked up these kids fresh off the lot. They yeah. can't even figure out how to get off the ledge. Exactly. And it was like that for like, in the videos you see it with skating, whatever, but it was like that at restaurants, waking up for breakfast, like everything. It was just, he was like hammering us, um, which looking back on it was really funny. But at the time I was like, oh my God, like this dude hates me, like whatever. <laughs> but yeah, he... I mean, Jay Casanova, man, he's uh, he was definitely still they often rip. Very talented skateboarder. Um, yeah, you know, music's up for debate still. <laughs> no comment. So, um, but yeah, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a quick break and talk to you guys about Bub's Naturals. Now, what is Bub's Naturals? So they're a company that makes all kinds of products, but the one that I like the best is their collagen protein powder. Now, I like to take this 
mix it in a smoothie. I take two scoops, throw it in a smoothie with some blueberries, banana, almond butter, some chia seeds, uh, some some uh, oat milk. Mix it all up. You got yourself a great smoothie. And the thing that's great about it, with two scoops of collagen in there, you get 20 grams of protein. And as you get older, your body kind of loses its ability to synthesize this protein. So you got to get it in the system if you want to keep snowboarding when you're in your 30s, 40s, 50s, 60s. If you want to be 110 and still be able to make twists or just turn down the hill for that matter, you got to take care of your body. So that's what's cool about Bub's. Uh, it's a company that comes from the world of snowboarding. So, you know, snowboarders for snowboarders here and you're supporting a great brand. 10% of all of their profits go to charity. So if you want to take care of your body, head on over to bubsnaturals.com. Use promo code bombhole for 20% off. Again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code bombhole for 20% off. I usually go through about two of these jugs a month. If you're getting a lot down the gullet. So again, bubsnaturals.com, promo code bombhole. So Malto, have you ever hit a smelling salt before? I don't believe so. It's kind of early in the podcast. We like to hit these things, get you going. What? Um, so what basically squeeze it? it. Me and Buds will share this one. You basically, so what you're going to want to do is put it up to your nose, squeeze it, give it a little smell, and then I'm going to hand it, but it'll just kind of pop it, give it a little smell, and then boom. Just get, you kind of ease into it. You kind of like, don't go you, like. You smell it or snort it? Uh, combination it. hybrid. In between. <laughs> if you go hard, you'll like. Really, your eyes will So water. I just squeeze, squeeze it, it right here. Put it up to your nose. It'll it turn it dies pretty quick, so you got to get in there. Well, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, that was strong. Whoa. Oh. oh, that one burned my oh, nostril. That one, I hit that too hard. <laughs> oh, that one was strong. Why was that so potent? Whoa. Uh-huh. Eyes are watering. Well, he's sitting around uh, to yeah, our said, in-studio audience today. Back. <laughs> Lauren and uh, Sam just hit a couple. They're looking. Their eyes are watering. I wonder if they get like stronger with time or yeah, something. Yeah, it's like uh, yeah, it's like that scene in Wolf of Wall Street where the Quaaludes like get them really fucked up over time. <laughs> yeah, is that legal? Is that like over uh, the counter? Legal. Or is Those that from? Legal. I don't think they. I know that they're not approved by the FDA. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so they're legal in Mexico, like behind the counter. All right. <laughs> Wow, that one made one eye water. Yeah, yep. Just the left, my just left my, one. Yeah, just my it's left. it's yeah. the same yeah. nostril. Yeah, huh? it must yeah. Be the nostril. Fully. Well, uh, let's talk about the fact that you're you're a, the youngest brother. Yeah, I'm the youngest. Of my eyes still water. <laughs> I'm the youngest of uh, four. Four yeah. family. Yeah. There's a thing I like to call younger brother syndrome because I'm the youngest too, mm-hmm. and I I think it's a real thing where you just like you said earlier, you want to be as good as your older sibling so you're like i'm in, but they don't really want you around so you're just like trying really hard to gain respect but you never really get it yeah it's actually pretty common in most sports uh, i feel like the youngest is you know they always is the kinda, best yeah exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 that's that's what i was alluding to huh <laughs> uh yep there we go amazing well we just went and skated the the cabin for uh, those of you guys who are unfamiliar, I got a cabin up in Huntsville with my buddy Alex. And uh, Malto went and kind of put a beat down on the Manning pad. Freedom Frontier. Yep. Yeah. Scotch pad, you know. <laughs> uh, it was, that place is magical. It's so fun out there. Um, so good. Uh, it's 8,000 feet of elevation, so it's a little tough. But did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
Coming from sea level. Yeah, yeah, coming from sea level, that's no joke. No, it's definitely a little harder than I thought. Um, and it's cool. It's, like, perfectly shitty. It's, like, you know, you're, like, skating around. You see some rebar popping out here and there. It's, like, <laughs> one quarter pipe. It's, like, a little lumpy, everything. It's a little directional, like, down. It's But it's great. That's, like, what it's supposed to be, you know? You don't want, like, you don't want, a, like, a contest skate park in there. You want to yeah. just, like, cruise around and... You want to take some time to figure it out. Um, but it was great. Um, I really want to come back in the winter. I got to get that tow rope. I got to get my snowboard rail game better. Well, yeah, what are we talking? Place. What are you what are you serving up on the rails? These so, days? like, as a skater, I am known for, like, skating flat bars. Like, yep. I love flat bars. I love how they work. But in snowboarding, I can't figure it out. Kind of because, like, skating, you have wheels you know what i mean so it kind of locks you in and like there's a little bit of leverage to push off so if i'm leaning one way i could kind of pinch my wheel in and kind of bring it back snowboarding once it's going offline there's like i'm fucked there is no way i don't know how to bring it back um so i gotta learn that what board do you ride burton do you know the it's like a the custom like a whatever it's the one so they recommended this one that is it like reverse camber or something? Probably. It's I don't like know. The custom can be like, it's kind of mid-flex. Yeah. I don't know. They said it was like almost like skating. Like it was like more poppy. Like I could kind of like whatever. And so I was like, oh, maybe I'll give this a go. Um, So I have, uh, yeah, I think it's 152 or 4, something like that. Well, the good thing is you can't get razor tail and uh, re-slice up in your taint. <laughs> no, no, I can't. Um, Definitely. Uh, but... Going to higher speeds always scares me on a snowboard. You know, I'm not used to going that fast. It's kind of why I love it so much. It's like bombing a big hill, like power sliding. But as soon as I get in the park, I'm a little scared. And everyone's like, you're a pro skater, dude. Like, do something. Like, yeah, you should rip, man. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> no. <laughs> like, I don't know how. Do you, you feel know? like uh, when you were younger, your career was so consumed with skating that you didn't have time to have recreational activities? Now that you're a little older, you get to do fun stuff like snowboarding and golf. So there's one thing in my childhood that I think really was uh, detrimental to my snowboard career. And I was trying to learn how to jump as as you do in snowboarding, whatever. So like I was progressing and like I got to the big jump at Snow Creek, which was, that was like, I did the big jump. I was so psyched. Um. I think it, it wasn't, like, that big. It was probably, like, 30, 35 feet, whatever. And I remember I made it. Second try, I went off a little, like, uh, back seat, and I landed on my tail and kind of slid out. And I was like, okay, I need to, like, kind of ollie and dip down, right? So I went off, and I dipped it, and I just kept going. <laughs> oh, no. And I was like, the slow tip. oh, <laughs> my God. The front of my board dug into the landing, and I oh. cartwheeled. And I cartwheeled, I slammed, and I was like, well, that was kind of gnarly, whatever. And I went to unstrap my binding, and I was like, looked at my wrist, and was like, oh. Snapped. Broke my wrist, and I, like, went in. It wasn't snapped, but it was definitely, like, like bubbled up, you know what I mean? And so I went in and, like, had to get my wrist, like, whatever. They had to, like, push it back into place and get the cast, whatever. And then I couldn't skate, and I was, like, super bummed, and then... That was like the one thing I was like, damn, if I get hurt here, I can't skate. And I love skating so much. It sucks. So that kind of like, I feel like if I didn't do that, 
either I would have gotten hurt worse <laughs> the next year yeah. or, you know, maybe I would have been uh, spinning by now or doing something. Well, and once you were pro, too, you can't go get hurt snowboarding. Your no, no, yeah. Zoomies 100K is good for that. Yeah. yeah. All yeah, the pro like skaters all the get, get worse. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, let's bring it, right? all the pro skaters to a party and then send them down a big Stand hill and see what happens. <laughs> I've seen Chris Cole just serving up back threes, though. He's lo- he's a bit of a threat out there on the snowboard. Yeah, so uh, Chris Cole, Mikey, and I have gone on, like, snowboard trips together. Like, Sick. So we love it. We, we try to do, like, you know, what we can, but we're definitely not jumping off park jumps. You know, we like the little side hits. Here's one thing you got to realize. You made the right choice because you just went and talked about how your first trip you went on, you went to Miami. Beautiful, warm, great place. As a snowboarder, Buds and I, yeah. we only go to places that are fucking completely just frigid. Frozen <laughs> just like I've only been to cold places. I've never, you don't, I've never been to Hawaii. Yeah. We don't go anywhere warm. Yeah. It's like, is it like in the Arctic Circle? Cool. We've yeah, been, probably go. been there. Yeah. Yes. I've well, been to like every cold city possible around the world. I mean, look, um, we get to go some cool places, sure, but like we also end up in fucking ditches in Phoenix all the time. <laughs> so it's like, you know what I mean? Like half of our trips, I feel like maybe if snowboarders look at skate trips and they're like, those look sick, we look at surf trips and we're like, yeah. why can't we go there? You know those what I mean? Those guys are loving it. They're in Fiji on the beach just hanging out. But they're all sunburnt and over it, too, though. They're like, why can't we go somewhere Yeah, and they're, then they're probably like, we want to go on the snow trips. Whatever. Yeah, it's a whole circle. And all yeah. stuff and all this stuff. I think maybe uh, <coughs> professional skaters, surfers, and snowboarders, we should be able to trade trips like trips maybe swap. once or twice a year. You That'd know what I mean? Awesome. Mm-hmm. Maybe I gotta, make that happen. I got a Patreon question since we're talking about snowboarding and skateboarding. This is from Maddie Cauldron. Would you rather front board a down flat down on a snowboard or back lip a down flat down on a skateboard? Back lip, 100%. I think the edges going on a front board on a snowboard, it scares the shit out of me. And I don't know how the, like, that's the thing. I don't know how it works. So I don't know, like, do I <laughs> get the edge up? Do I just be light on it? You know, back lipping on a, on a skateboard I honestly prefer back lips over front boards skating just because like it makes me like front boards. Sometimes I'll get a little lazy and just kind of lob it up there, but back lips make me like actually Ollie and like dip around. Um, when a back lip goes bad, it goes really bad though. I feel like. Yeah. Compared to a front board. True. True. But like you just make sure you don't lock your truck up and then you're all right. I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't want to backlip it down, flat down anyways, but <laughs> I would rather know what's going to happen at the kink on a skateboard than on a snowboard. Uh, I got a question for you. You're talking about rails, backlips, front boards. I watch street league. I watch go to X Games, and I look at you guys skate these street courses, and, like, everybody's got a piece of wax in their pocket, and they go over the rail, wax it. They go to the ledge, wax it. They go to, and, and like, it seems like you just are gonna, and then like that happens at my local skate park. I jump on boardy and just about slip out to my fucking back and get <laughs> paralyzed. I don't understand how you guys can put so much wax on the rails and not just banana peel out. It's, uh, you know, it, it is one of those things, which is kind of funny. Like my friends at home make fun of me because I wax everything just because I just got so used to it um, over the years of skating these like street league parks and um, I think it's just like 
you know, as far as contest goes, you want to give yourself the best possible consistent chance. And that is making the ledge as slick as possible for that time. You know what I mean? Like, you don't want really a lot of resistance. And, like, yeah, do I like ledges when they, like, are kind of grab a little bit? Like, you can feel them, of course. But, like, when you're going around a contest, all you want, you just want the same consistent thing. And that's just waxing the living shit out of everything and leaning as forward as possible on it. Um, so I would say it's like a big contest thing that just like, you just get used to, you know, but it kind of, I guess, spilled over to the normal skate parks. Oh, no, totally. It's, yeah. yeah. It's interesting. That's a good, good explanation. We happen to have a guest question from none other than Scott Stevens, who's a legendary snowboarder friend of the show. And uh, him and I grew up watching, we were big fans of Girl Chocolate, so I threw a guest question here from Scotty Stevens. Here we go. This is Scott here. I got a question for Sean. Sean, I'm a huge fan. Um, been watching Girl and Chocolate videos since Mouse. Remember when you got on in the mid-2000s? And my question is, um, I love those tour videos. Crail Tap, Four Star, Girl, Chocolate used to do. What's, what's your favorite one that you've been on? Wow, favorite favorite trip. That's a hard one. That's a big question. Yeah, we all go on lots of trips. Um Let me think. Uh yes, we Canada was cool, but I was so nervous the whole damn time. Um I would you know what? I would have to say one of those four star trips. Um maybe like obtuse moments, uh like that we did like a bus trip through Europe with the whole four star team. And that was one of the sickest trips. One, because four star had, you know, we had Costin, we had Brian Anderson, Tony Trujillo, Frank Gerwer, Ashad Ware, Andrew Brophy, Lucas Puig. We had like all these people that were like, um, I didn't get to travel with that often. Um, and we rented this bus to take us through Europe that had like beds in the bus and that was sick. Cause we were like one, we were traveling through your like long drives, whatever, but we all got to hang out together. Cause sometimes, you know, you were in a, a kind of line 12 passenger van just stacked in there and like everyone's just uncomfortable and like, you can't, you know what I mean? You play like dice games and shoe boxes, but you're not like, like we were like playing cards and hanging out and whatever. So I would say that one probably is like one of the, best trips i've ever been on so being going back to girl chocolate like uh i know you were talking about four star but i was just thinking about that as you're talking with you know carol and howard how is it having like uh mike carol and rick howard as like a quote-unquote boss yeah also too if you ever have mike carol on the show you should ask him about obtuse moments there's a long party story about that name <laughs> You know, we'll talk about it off this, but um, he could give you a pretty cool one. Um, but Rick and Mike, so they're like, I mean, for me, they were so influential for my career growing up. Not as like pro skaters, like look, like I looked up to them for sure, but they like took care of me. They like housed me. They like, you know, Rick Howard took me to go get my wisdom teeth taken out, like shit like that. Like they're you know, always like paying, like giving me money here and there to like help me out when I was younger. And, um, 
you know, I, I can truly, truly say I would not be anywhere I am today without those two guys. Um, so, yeah, big one to those guys. They're incredible and uh, still are. You know, I still lean on them for a lot of advice through the years. And, um, yeah, love those guys. Solid. Well, we happen to have another guest question from none other than friend of the show, Ryan Runke. Here we go. Mm. What's up, Bumhole? What's up, Malto? Runky here. Malto, got a couple of Casey Chiefs questions for you. First one is, what is the best Chiefs game you've ever seen in person in Arrowhead or anywhere? And the second part of my question is, how are you maybe one of the only people in the world that has a Chiefs Super Bowl ring, even though you're not part of the Chiefs organization? Uh, I'll start to hear from you. Talk soon. Runky wants that ring from me. Huh? <laughs> yeah, he does. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, if I was a better friend, I would have bought him one, but, you know. <laughs> uh, so, first to answer Runky's question, the best Chiefs game I've ever seen live was in Miami for the Super Bowl. Oof. So I watched them win the Super Bowl over um, the 49ers live, which was, you know, brought me to tears. Um, Second one ever, right? First one in 50 years, something like that? First wow. one in, yeah, su super, super long time. That's heavy. Um, one, you know, skating's so big in SF, so there's a lot of banter. So I felt like it was a lot of SF 49er people coming at me because, like, I'm really the only, you know, Chiefs fan in the skateboarding industry, I feel like, besides, you know, I guess Runky's not really. Runky's fucking whatever. Runky's the man so um people were yelling at me there's all this banter between my friends whatever and like got to go to the game and went to the game it was amazing we won and it was so surreal because i had season tickets to the chiefs when it was four hundred dollars for the season damn we were season. that bad damn. we were terrible we won two games that year and i went to every home game and it just was you know like you just grow up you don't pick and choose your teams, really, you know? It's like, I just love the Chiefs ever since I was a young kid. And, you know, I endured a lot of pain to get to that Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> um, as far as the ring goes, so my friend works in the locker room for the Chiefs. And so the Chiefs, uh, how they do it is, like, there's the players' rings, which are the players' rings, whatever. And then there's the employee rings. And they have they get their rings, but they also have a promo code that they can send to like their friends and family to purchase those rings. And so, you know, I'm like, this is the first time in so long, 50 years that the Chiefs have won. Like, I got to buy this ring. So I bought a ring and like has my name on it and the whole thing. And, um, it wasn't very cheap, but I just had to get it. You know, I had to get it. It was like one of those things where, I was honestly, so they went back to the Super Bowl the next year. I was a little nervous. Like, I was like, damn, if they win again, like, I got to buy another ring. I was Ooh. like, whoa. Uh, but, yeah, so that's kind of how it went. So uh, next time the Chiefs win, hopefully hopefully sooner than later, I will have a, a link for Runky 
to purchase yep. one of these rings. Use promo code SeanMalto15 yeah. at checkout for your Super Bowl ring. Use 15% off. promo code TheBombHole for 0% <laughs> discount on a Chief Super Bowl ring. Well, it's yeah. funny that we're talking about the Super Bowl, too, because I actually, the following year, the the um, Chiefs went back to the Super yeah. Bowl, and they lost uh, to the Buccaneers, which uh, Tom Brady over here was uh, the quarterback. Um, now that's, that's your guy, huh? Yeah, that's his guy. That's my guy. Now, so how how did that make you feel? Probably how it made you feel when he left to the Buccaneers. <laughs> <laughs> wow, well played, well played. Yeah. Well played. Um, yeah, so that was a tough, that must have been a tough loss. Though. Yeah, well, that, you guys were riding high, though. You're like, oh, we're going back-to-back Super Bowls. It was, like, cocky. It was, like, you guys are, like, the new Patriots for a minute there. I, I thought it was a lock. I thought it was definitely, I thought we had it. You know what I mean? And then your boy just, uh, he had other plans for us. <laughs> now, I have a question. Would you rather have to kickflip uh, back nose blunt to fakey El Toro or... Return a punt uh, in an NFL game against the Kansas Chiefs and like fully commit to the to like the run versus the Kansas City Chiefs. Yep. If it's versus the Kansas City Chiefs, I'd probably. I mean, as of last year, I'd probably take the punt return. Their defense. <laughs> yeah, <sucks. laughs> uh, I feel like I might be able to get to the end zone. <laughs> That'd be so sick. Um, I would love to see you just get run over by like a 350-pound yeah. nose guard, just full speed. So I actually, um, I've got to throw. There's a thing in the NFL which they don't really advertise that much because like, like first pitch in baseball is like a big thing, right? So there actually is a first pass before NFL games that wow no one really that. knows. So, mm-hmm. um, but I got to do that one time with uh, this guy, um, Kevin Lockett. Uh, he used to play for the Chiefs. His son's actually a really good football player right now as well, maybe for the Seahawks. But I, yeah, so I got to like throw the ball back and forth to him for like 10 minutes before the game on field and then watch the, the game on field. And when you're standing next to a football player fully padded up on, like, full go time, it is scary. Those guys are, like, big. superheroes. They're huge. Yeah. One, they're big people. And then, two, the pads make them look like like giants. And I was really actually terrified. Like, even on the <laughs> sidelines, I took a few steps back, like, if someone came crashing towards me. But, um. So, yeah, uh, no disrespect to the Kansas City Chiefs defense, but, you know, <laughs> kickflip back to El Toro has some pretty big consequences as well. <laughs> <laughs> True. Yeah. Respect. Well, let's go back to your career and the arc of that. Now, we kind of left off with where you were talking about your Yes We Canada tour. I know you went on a bunch of other uh, chocolate tours and girl tours and things like that. What was your first major video part? Um, I would say... You know, like, we did some local videos around um, Kansas City that gained some pretty big recognition through being nice, um, 14 deep, um, through the skate shop, Escape is Skateboarding in Kansas City. Um, But my first real big video part was Trans World and Now. And actually, Lauren Lauren was there. She worked for Trans World at the time. Um, But we... uh, yeah, it was like a video that basically they kind of they grabbed like six AM skaters that they thought were about to turn pro and they basically were like, let's do a video and like really try to showcase and turn these guys pro, which was a really cool idea. 
Yeah. So did and now with Chris Ray and John Hollins, and then it was me, David Gravette, uh, Matt Miller, Kenny Hoyle, um, Nick Trapasso. You you got Ender. I got the Ender. Yeah. Uh, you know who had a really good part in that? It was I really like Kenny Hoyle's part. Um, yeah, Kenny Hoyle was incredible. Um, but they kind of split it up into three, right? So it was like Trapasso, Gravette, Hoyle, or with John Holland, and then uh, Gravette, Matt Miller, myself, or with Chris Ray, and like that's kind of how they did it. And then we'd take trips together, right? So um, I skated with Chris Ray a ton, um, and yeah, like we filmed for a year and. Had a video part and lucky enough to have the last part in the video. Uh, yeah, turned pro shortly after that. Um, but the video was really fun to kind of skate with people that were in similar positions as me. And I was a little jealous at the time of Fully Flared. They were filming the Lakai video and like I skated for girl. So all of them were like working on this video, but I felt like a little excluded. I was like, damn, I, you know, like they're filming for a video. I want to film for a video. And then, and now came kind of came up and I was like, cool. Now I have like my way of kind of like filming and, and the route I want to go. And, um, yeah, it was sick. Went to Australia. We, we did a bunch of cool trips for it. I heard there's a really funny story with David Gravette that happened there. Oh yeah. Gravette. Yeah. He, uh, <laughs> he thought it was cursed. Um, he actually thought you had a curse on you? Well, he he thought that I had a curse on him on more him. so, yeah. <laughs> so the first time I ever skated with Gravette, he tried to lip slide this hubba, and it was really, really sketchy. And it was basically this hubba, but they had there was this, like, cross kind of bar that you kind of had to avoid, and he tried to lip slide it, and he, he got into a smith grind and flew and landed. Like, his legs hit the crossbar, and he flipped over. It was like crazy slam. But it's Gravette. Like, the dude probably has taken similar slams like that in the past. Whatever. Crazy slam. Got up. Whatever. And it was the first session I've ever been on with him. And, you know, from then on, I was I was cursed. <laughs> I, I was you. a curse, yes, to him. So Couldn't skate with you? Couldn't skate with me. And so that was, like, uh, that was hard. You know what I mean? That's wild. It's, I, no one ever told me. Everybody knew, but I didn't. So, really? like, there was, like, all these times where I'm like, oh, Gravette just doesn't want to skate this spot, whatever. And then we'd leave, and then they he'd go back and film this trick that he wanted to do. Um, <laughs> That's crazy. Hey, yeah. But it, he got it in his head. That yeah. The reason he couldn't do stuff. And exactly. We we laugh about it now. Yeah. I wonder, but I still haven't really seen him skate since. So <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he it's still going. into the woods. Yeah. He's like, oh, fuck. I I'm mean, I've. Malto's here. I'm out. <laughs> definitely, like, hung out with him. And, like, we've talked. And, like, I love that dude. He's always been super cool. And, like, whatever. Even though, you know, he thinks I've, I'm cursed. But, uh. <laughs> Yeah, still you know how those still? little line things are for different totally. pros, you know? I mean, still. I've never heard of one on a person, though. That's funny. No, yeah. One so. of the things, too, I wanted to talk about with Ann now, there's one trick in particular that I always thought was really heavy. You hard flipped that gigantic set at the end. Was that a battle? Um, Second to last trick? Second to last trick, hard flip. Oh, so kind of. Um, so that was a 15 in Arizona, and I remember... I was having like such a bad day skating that day. There's actually like a nine stair right like to the to the right of it. And I was trying to hard flip and I couldn't do it. And Mike Mo was switch flipping it a bunch. And I was like, 
okay, like Mike Mo's about to switch flip this set, whatever. And Mike Mo's like, you know, I'm not feeling it, whatever. And then I was like, all right, you know, I'm here. I just want to try it. And so one, like, I was like, okay, here we go. I'm going to try to do this. I think it was like within, it was like between five to 10 tries. I landed it, but you know, like when I landed, I kind of sw- like swerved into the dirt, whatever. And I was like, I, I didn't care. I was like, I landed that shit. Cool. Like, yeah. And then um, Ty was like, all right, yeah, yeah, one more. And I was like, really? Fuck, all right, I guess. Like, whatever. And so I ended up trying it for another hour after that. Oh, just no. sticking and packing, sticking and packing. And I never made another one. And then the one, they used that one. And then I realized why after, it's because... So that Ty filmed it, Aaron Meza was supposed to be on the other angle, but he went off to go film this uh, other trick of Anthony Popolardo at the time. So Ernie Torres ended up filming that hard flip, which Ernie Torres is another pro skater. Um, he lived in Arizona at the time. I grew up with Ernie. He used to live in Kansas City. He's a great dude, but he filmed it like complete shit. <laughs> so that's why they wanted to Yeah, he filmed time. it like shit long lens angles like all zoomed out and like you can kind of tell if you go back and look at it you're like that's not filmed very good but um yeah so i did land it 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 would have been easy if Mesa was not <laughs> off with popolardo but i get popolardo's the man you can't really you know can't disagree with that no so right after basically you filmed that and now part you went pro uh how how was how was turning pro great <laughs> <laughs> uh you know whatever it's the same thing dream come true whatever uh honestly it was pretty surreal it was fucking crazy and um i've talked about this before but uh it was supposed to be a big surprise like uh like you know they were supposed to bring me to a dinner and um Alex Olson, Mike Mo, and myself were all going pro at the same time, but Mike Mo and Alex Olson knew beforehand because of fully flared and whatever, and like that was the plan. But since I went on this other route of Transworld, um, I didn't know. And they're like, maybe we'll just make it a surprise for Sean, whatever. And then um, Mike Mo and I were in a bar in Australia, and he was like, "Hey, dude, like, I can't take it anymore. Like, you're gonna go pro this trip." And I was like, "What?" Like, what? You know what I mean? It's like, I'm 18, Mike Mo's 17. I'm like, my 17-year-old friend's turning me pro? Like, like what? And he was like, no, dude, this has been the plan all along. Like, you're going to go pro. Like, like this is, like, it's real. Like, it's going to happen this trip, but just act surprised. And, yeah, I was like, all right. Like, I, you know, I didn't know what to do say at the time i honestly didn't even really believe him that much you know what i mean and uh but mike mo was and still is one of my best friends so uh to share that moment with him in a bar in australia was so funny and amazing and uh it was just like us too and like basically we kind of had our little moment together like damn we're professional skaters remember we went to canada and yes we canada and like now we're here like which was really rad um but i'm such a bad actor so when they actually told me at a hibachi restaurant somewhere in australia i was like cool cool like you know what I, mean? I was trying my hardest but 
Yeah. That's funny he had to tell you yeah. to wait like two more days. He had to. As like a true like best friend yeah. though, you know what I mean? It's kind of hard to, to keep it. Yeah, yeah. respect that. Now, shortly around that time, sometime around that time, you fucking won Street League right when it kind of started, right? Yeah. 2011? I, I won the first year of It was Street the first League. one. Okay. Wow. Not the first one, the first year. First year, got it. It was, uh, I think it was the second one ever. Yeah, so um, Nigel won the first one. I won the second one. Shane won the third one. But um, Which Street League was such a weird concept when it, was like brought up to us you know one i'm a fan of sports so like rob deerdick was like hey we're gonna do this thing it's gonna be in arenas we're gonna treat you like nba players and i was like great <laughs> like <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. yeah how much money is okay yeah. cool like yeah. whatever yeah um and so we got like whatever and then he like, he actually pulled it off so we, he did these arena contests all this prize money whatever but it was uh it was like right like a few days after my 20th, 21st birthday. It was Ontario, California, second stop. And I remember walking into the arena and somebody, uh, like there was like this dude out front and he was like, he's like, hey, have you ever heard of power bands? And I was like, no. And he was like, dude, these things like change your life, like whatever, like it'll rebound to you. And I was like, I just grabbed one on the way in, just like anything I could do to help, whatever. <laughs> Threw a power band on. And uh, <laughs> it's funny I remember that versus anything else. And then I, I like rolled in and, um, yeah, ended up winning that contest like a few days after my 21st birthday. And it was crazy, you know, so much money too back then. What are like, we talking about? Yeah, it was talking? 150 grand for Woo! first place. It's a lot of money. Which was crazy. I was like... <laughs> What? Like, I got a 150 grand check. Like, this is why I don't even know what to do. Yeah, with that's that. a heavy check. And then um, uh, my whole family was there. It was like a cool moment to, like, whatever have with my family, my brothers, and everybody. And um, yeah. It, and then <laughs> that night, there was like a party in Hollywood. And I won this, like, basically. Back then, Zoomies did this thing where they gave you five grand cash. Like, all the skaters voted to give five grand cash to somebody, and I'd won that. So I got five grand cash in a bar, just newly 21, in Hollywood. And I remember I was, like, throwing up in the bathroom, and, like, Mikey Taylor came and grabbed, like, five grand cash out of my hand. He's like, yeah, let me take this. And, like, hold it safe. I never counted it. Maybe it's, like, four grand now. But, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it was a... Uh, it was a crazy, just a crazy moment um, to win a contest on that level, you know? Like, I wasn't really much of a contest dude, um, and to be able to kind of, like, you know, they basically made a format that was, like, really good for me and, like, good for street skaters, and, yeah, got to actually win one. That's that's dude, incredible. Fifty. that's so... That's now, cool. The next year, I ended up winning the Super Crown, too, which was a trip because... So the first year was kind of like the trial run. They did three. The next year, they're like, okay, we're going to do three, and then the top ten get to go to, like, this super crown, the last one. And I was in 11th at the end. Oh, wow. So I was like, I missed it by one. Tommy Sandoval rolled his ankle a week before the contest. And so they're like, hey, your next one up, you're in. And then I went, and 
I was in Newark, New Jersey during that crazy hurricane. And I ended up winning the super crown. I ended up winning that contest that year, which was kind of crazy because Nigel won all three events before that. But the super crown. And then the super crown, I won the super crown. And that year, the super crown was 250 grand. Wow. Some biscuits. Contest had a lot of did, money back yeah. then. Yeah. Now that's got, it's, it's, it's been diminishing. Well. Yeah, so there was matching, there's, there's up, matching up to a certain point. Yeah, I was but say, it was like, match. yeah. I mean, you know, it was for at that time, it was like straight up down payment on a house for me. Yeah. Like, it was great. That's. Unreal. Good, good biscuits. You, you right know what I love about biscuits. that? That's really cool. You know, we were talking about Chiefs and Tom Brady and sports and whatever. And the thing that's great about sports, I think, is that, like, at the end of the game, you're on your feet yelling, you know, somebody's going to make a game-winning touchdown. It's exciting, you know. And with Street League and the right contests, they don't always unfold like this. But I just love when you can be on the edge of your seat and you, somebody lands, like, you know, this year in Salt Lake, Raisa won, won on a kickflip back lip, and the place erupted. It was like the stands were going to freaking fall over because people were going so crazy. Uh, how is it being in that position when you're like, okay, last drop? Yeah. Make it. It, it. It's very trippy and it's very crazy, kind of, because, like, one, I never thought that skating would get to a point yeah. like that. You know what I mean? Um, But, honestly, in the situation, it's like, usually i'm just grateful to be there i'm like who like if it works it works if it doesn't i guess who cares you know what i mean it's like it's kind of out of my hands at that point you just try it but just to have the opportunity to like have that is the sickest part you know if you win you win that's great cool like the payday amazing um but it's more or less just to kind of like be around your friends and be in that position together is like that's kind of the sickest part the energy from the crowd must give you some extra juice though huh yeah for sure it's it's definitely like it's a little heart pumping action but um you know it's kind of hard to like hear anything for me Mm. like i people ask me like in contest runs all the time like what music you want to listen to whatever and i'm like you know, I just pick a song I like that I don't even hear it. You like, hear I it never hear anything around me when I'm, like, kind of in that zone. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of one of those things. It's like pressure is a privilege, and I get that, and, like, I'm happy that I get to be in those positions. But, you know, at the end of the day, it's just skateboarding. It's like we're all friends. We're all chilling. It, is everybody friends? So that's what I want to know because it yeah. seems like some people are really competitive and it seems like some people are there to be like, I'm here to win this money. I'm not here to make friends. And then there's other people you skate with on the regular that are homies. Is that what it's like? Well, most of us are friends. <laughs> 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 um, most of us are friends really just trying to like navigate through it because it's a little stressful. And, um, you know, no one's going into that thing just like, like everyone's a little on edge, you know, And but there are it's it's like it's weird there are people that want that for their career like this is what i want for my career i want to win contests and make it to the olympics and whatever you know what i mean which is great do that that's cool and then there's people that are like you know we want to film video parts we want to have editorial we want to have photos and thrasher we want to like you know ground roots skateboarding 
And then the contests are like, cool, this is an extension of that. We want to try our best in this contest world, but we want to take care of both sides. You know what I mean? Which is like where you want to be. You know what I mean? Like this is like we all grew up watching video parts and looking at magazines and you know what I mean? Like I had my favorite photos that I've seen in magazines and I have my favorite video parts and all videos I watched every day. And that's what got me excited to skate. And like, that's kind of like where I want my career to be, but also like, you understand like contests are, can be sick in that way too, of like really trying to like, you know, do your best and put on a good show and get people into skating. And I think both avenues are great. Just some people focus on really hard on that one thing and, it's a little weird. Well, then it gets know? so much more stressful, I imagine. Yeah. It gets that's little, all you do and you don't yeah. do well and you only skate five contests a year, you're going to, yeah. like, that's, there's a lot more weight if you don't film a part. Exactly. If you guys go back, you're like, I'm going to go. Yeah, if you have a good part, you're like, hey, I got a good part. So it yeah. doesn't matter how I did. I remember being on filming trips and leaving for that weekend to skate a contest and going back to the filming trip. You know what I mean? Like, that's just kind of how it was. Yeah. And for me, if I am skating if I'm in the streets skating well, I will fuck be great at any skate park. Like that's, that's not an issue. You know, as long as I'm doing good in the streets, like then the skate park will easily come. So, um, that's kind of how I thought of it growing up. Uh, obviously the Olympics has changed some mm-hmm. things and created different paths, which is great. I, you know, do whatever you want. That's great. I just, you know, when you got to focus on both parts. Yeah, and you got to remember to keep it fun, too, and I think you can lose that if you're only going the contest grind. Exactly. Like, if you're, like, super bummed out because you got fourth, and yeah. you're, like, you're just focusing just on the next yeah. contest, you're like, come on, dude. Like, Well, you also said something off air. I think yesterday we were talking about Street League, and you said, like, you get four tricks, mm-hmm. and you just dial in those four tricks, and then, you, you know, you figure out a run, but I feel like... Do you think with the new generation of contest skaters, they're taking it really seriously and like, I'm going to practice cab two back lip. I'm going to do 40 in a row or I'm going to like where they suck the fun out of it to get that consistency. Does that happen in skating? Um, I'm sure it does. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard. So I can't speak for anyone else, but for me, there was a part of street league where I would go to the skate park. Like, uh, this is probably in like my mid twenties. I'd go to the park and like, I was focusing on these like few tricks. I, I basically had a, a skate park routine. I'd go to the park and I, I, I had like an hour and a half of like these tricks that I just did. Right. And like, I did that for two weeks leading up to this contest and I had the worst contest performance <laughs> of my life. And I was like, that was such an unnecessary thing. You know, I, cause and one, I wasn't even enjoying it. I was like, okay, it's like do a back tail, do a switch back tail, do a back tail, do a switch back tail. Like whatever. I was just running through these tricks and I was just like, it was basically just autopilot. And then, you know, loosened up a little bit like all right let's just skate have fun whatever show up to the contest see what happens like not for me that's the better route to go i'm glad i figured that out in like two weeks other than like 10 years you know Mm -hmm. but i feel like you know some of these guys are stuck in it Mm -hmm. um you know i i can't really name the names of the people but i feel like it's like 
you know, they have their tricks. They just hammer them in, they hammer them in, and then they go to these things. And then, like, it's like, what are you even doing? You know what I mean? Like, you should go out, have fun, skate with your friends, learn tricks, try to film tricks, try to shoot some photos, and then go to the contest, and it'll all translate eventually. You know what I mean? Um, but, you know, teaser. <laughs> Amazing. I'm not going to tell anybody how or how not to skate. Yeah, I'm just true. Telling them my personal views. Well, that's Is the money still the same thing. at those contests? No. Oh, no. hell no. Yeah, I was going to say yeah. that's, that's unheard of money. Yeah. Huh? That, yeah. Um, I, I guess I was lucky to be good at contests when I won. <laughs> yeah, you're, when it counted. That's yeah. important. <laughs> well, going, going back to earlier, talking about the Olympics, too, one thing I wanted to bring up is in snowboarding, I noticed that when snowboarding was introduced to the Olympics, it used to be a little bit more counterculture where like it was more of an outlier sport. It wasn't as common ground. It wasn't as common place for people. It, it wasn't treated the way it is now. It, was, it wasn't as widely accepted, I would say. And it's interesting because when snowboarding went to the Olympics, all of a sudden I think that the way it works is like parents are like, wait, it's actually okay for my kid to snowboard because they can win an Olympic Metal. I can accept it. I can take my baseball dad mentality and like beat it into my kid, basically, <laughs> you know, or whatever, yeah. which is what you kind of see. And now I feel like I'm watching that happen in skating right now with the Olympics. Do you feel like that's happening? Yeah, for sure. You know, I, I mean, look, the good one good thing about the Olympics is it does get eyes on skating. Yeah. I think like skating is, you know, it's gaining popularity and that's cool. You know what I mean? This is like something that has completely changed my life for the better. And the more people that can have that opportunity, great. Um, but, you know, it's also like this is another path of skating where, you know, you, if you don't know skating, if all you know is like Olympics, you're going to have a bad time doing it. You know what I mean? So uh, I do feel like it's created a little bit of a weird path for people, you know, path to the Olympics, I guess, you know, whatever. Be, be an Olympic skater. It's great. Sure. Um, but you're not really gaining the whole essence of, like, skateboarding. And, yeah, so the Olympics has caused a counterculture within skating for sure. I don't think it, like... My personal take, I don't think it really needs to be that deep. You can't, you don't have to be like either, I love the Olympics or I hate the Olympics. I think you can just accept the Olympics for what they are and then skate however you want to skate. If you want to go that path, cool, great, do it. Um, if you want to just be an Olympic skater, like, sure. You know and you're probably not going to, like, be that cool in skating ever, you know what I mean? You're not going to, like, be able to, like, go on trips in the van and skate street spots and like actually like have, you know, a lot of skating is going on trips. It is meeting people. It's seeing new places that, that is like that skating has brought that to me, which is something that it's like changed my life. You know what I mean? And I don't think like going to the Olympics is going to have that same sort of toll. Unless you win it, sure. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so few and far between who wins. Yeah. You know, you know, it's a great point you brought up, I think, too, is when you think about, uh, take, for example, you have the Olympics, and then, you know, maybe the counter of that, maybe take, like, bronze 56K or the polar video or anti-hero or something like that. It's kind of, like, far on the other spectrum. It's They actually both complement each other. Like, the, the, the Olympics being so mainstream actually makes the, the counterculture – 
core cooler. Like you, you, you need them to complement each other in skating. I think it, like you're, that's a great point where you, you know, each one makes the other one. Oh, you don't, you're not into contest skating. We'll do this or, and they all make it work as a great ecosystem. Ab- absolutely. You know what I mean? And there's few people that do it well, both sides. And those are people that are like, like Utah, for example. Yeah. Won the Olympics, rides for Supreme. You know what I mean? April, Nike, like films, video parts. Like he has done it well. Nyjah does it well. Like some people just focus too hard on, you know, that side. If you want, my personal opinion, if you really want to focus, if you want to pick one, you might as well go like, the thrasher film a video part like route more than the Olympic route. Mm-hmm. There's more longevity there, but yeah, you know, they, they do complement each other and uh, it's one of, it's just one of those things. You know what I mean? I guess if you are going to skate a contest, you might as well go to the Olympics. Like <laughs> why not? It's the, yeah, why not? it's the greatest, you know, competitive platform that there is in the world. Um, but you know, I was I was in some of those Olympic qualifying events and they are stressful. It's testing, like it's like the whole thing. You know what I mean? It's it's hard, but I guess it's a necessary evil. You know, an Olympic qualifying event is the first. Actually, this is pretty funny. It's the first contest I have ever had in my professional career. Actually, ever in my life that I had to pay to enter. You had to pay to enter? I had to pay to enter this contest. Street League was an Olympic qualifying event in Rio. Flew to Rio, go skate their event, and I had to physically give them $200 cash to skate the contest. Wow. Um, which, look, 200 bucks, like, whatever. It's not that big of a deal. I get it. But it's the principle of, like, you have the best skateboarders in the world. Like, Jamie Foy is skating this event. Jamie Foy, you are lucky to have him here. <laughs> and they're like, give me, and they're like, you two hundred bucks. Yeah. And you're like, look, I get it. It's not even me. Like, sure, I'll pay the two hundred bucks. Like, whatever. But like, Jamie Foy, like, really? <laughs> you know, that's incredible. Well, speaking of all this uh, contest talk, you know what I think it's time for, bud? Oh, name that video part. Oh. Uh, name that video part is presented by our Patreon members. So, thank you guys. You, you guys got, rule. You're not gonna drop some like snowboard videos on me, are you? No, I think I give you a meatball. To be honest with you, in the it, skate realm, this is yeah, it's a skate part. And I'll tell you what, this is big for you. This is huge. Uh, okay. If you don't get this, this is gonna be bad. If oh, you fail, you lose all. This could be bad for your career. Yeah. All right. All your credibility could go out the window. So if I don't get this, I have to go the olympic skateboarding route yes <laughs> and you better win yep this could be if you don't get this it's going to be really 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 bad i'm just going to say that here we go oh come on i know that's Super too easy i fucking yeah. i blew it that was too easy heath kirchart minefield I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh costing yeah right good job yeah. you good got job. it right you know what Absolutely. i almost Absolutely. Uh, I almost went with Costin Minicamati. Ooh. That was a little yeah, more. Yeah, a like, little more obscure. But yeah. I wasn't sure your age. I was like, you might not get that. Oh, yeah. This is what you just won. Uh, this is from our friends over at Yeti. You got yourself a Yeti. Uh, I think it's called a carry-all. Yeah, carry-all. Yep. Oh. And uh, it's filled with bomb hole merch. Amazing. You can put uh, beers in there. You can put Mountain Dew in there if you want. Yeah. yeah. You can uh, put your items and go to the beach. 
You know, you can have a little beach party with that thing. Nice. Yeah. I actually a uh, big fan of Yeti. Um, so this is sick. Thank you. Yeah. Um, Yeti makes this cooler that has huge cooler that has taps that you can put. Oh wow! Whatever. I've seen that. Yeah, actually. yeah. So you know, Yeti's listening. Send him my address. Use promo code <laughs> Sean Malto at checkout for sixty nine percent off. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, Thank part you. part two of uh, name that video part. This is for our listeners. This is a snowboard part. And basically how we find our winners on Instagram. One of Sean's episode comes out, comment on his photo. First person to comment right gets what, buds? Prize pack. That's absolutely correct. Here we go. Okay. Thank you guys for playing Name That Video Part. So, for, I, I have, oh, a, I have a quick question for you about video part songs. Um, you, you remember that song like "Any Up, Got That Full"? Who who was the what snowboard part? JP Walker. Yeah, uh, okay. True Life. My brother had uh, downloaded that video off like LimeWire or something. We used to watch that as kids. But that's track. like the snowboard part that like sticks out when I was younger. Yeah, that's a that's a legendary icon. That's like yeah, actually that's, that's very similar to Costin. Yeah, yeah, right. Okay, cool. kind of like caliber of heaviness of video part. Yeah, that song, that part. Now going back to actually, you know, I forgot to ask, which I'm going to ask now after. How confident were you <laughs> going into <laughs> name that video part? We always ask our yeah, guests that. that. I was uh, a little scared, you know, uh, but it, it's one of those things where like. Yeah, if you would have picked some, like, you know. There's a lot of videos. There's know? a lot of videos. You could have picked some toy machine video. Like, I wouldn't have, you know what I mean? Like, I've seen a lot of video parts in my life. Like, sometimes that gets, a, you know, a little scrambled. And you're only going to remember those ones you had. I figured Girl the, Chocolate. That was my love. Yeah, that you were yeah. watching over and over. So going back to video parts, I kind of want to just pick your brain on this because you know we grew up in the era of watching yeah right like you mentioned true life and snowboarding these like big marquee movies and you know the whole thing growing up was like i just want to get last part i just want to film that perfect video part but now we have instagram and youtube and people have their own channels and where do you feel like we're at with video parts and how people should put out footage um Man, that's a great question. It's a, it's a hard one because, like, look, the internet's great for like we get to, you know, get instant content. Like we get to see what the people we look up to are doing on a daily basis, and they put out this content and whatever. And like, so before it was a video part would come out like once every couple of years that would push, like the level of skateboarding up, right? So you got this like push, whatever. And now it's like every single day, all day, the it the level is just going up and up and up. And so it's progressing all of sports in a way that is really rapid and you know, great. That's amazing, you know. Um but you still like video parts are still very, very important, I feel like. And um it it's one of those things where like it's hard to not like it's hard to like think about skating and any actually like skating snowboarding anything without video parts you're like this is kind of like the mecca of like your career you know what i mean like i think of 
Mark Johnson, for example, like all of his video parts, and he's had so many good ones, like that's his legacy. And I think that's like a very important part of like kids growing up. They have to realize like you kind of got to earn your spot like that in skateboarding. You have to film video parts. And like that's something that's going to live past your career. Um, so although the internet is great and Instagram and YouTube, like whatever, it's cool. It's, it's helping a lot of people and it's pushing skating in a way like you can't forget about video parts. That's that, that's all, that's all there is. You know what I mean? That's like what we got. Instagram clips just aren't going to live. No, you'll forget about them. You know what I mean? Like they're gone in like a week. You forget about them. It's hard. And you know, even like full length videos, like it's like that, you know what I mean? Like having a part like on Thrasher, like that's sick. That's amazing. But like having a full length video come out, you know what I mean? Like we did pretty sweet and like pretty sweet is like, uh, came out on DVD. It's like, this is like, now we have like a tangible video that we all came together and put together and you could kind of see the team kind of gel and, and be a part of it. And like, that's special. And like, can't get rid of that. Like, that would suck. Well said. <laughs> yeah, our our uh, feeble attempt to hang on to it is to have named that video part because <laughs> we want the importance of it to last and yeah. to stick, and we don't want to lose those things. And it's interesting though now because it's I don't have a DVD player that's plugged into my TV, Not and true. so it's YouTube. So I feel like the way to do it too is like oh, hopefully everything goes on YouTube now, you know, and at least if you don't, you know, if you don't have a DVD, and then organizing and making sure you like you know make little playlists and stuff i think that's the way like you know i see a lot of when we go on trips we'll put on like a snowboard video playlist or skate video playlist and it's like all all these parts or you know girl chocolate or whatever you know go to girl chocolate's channel and play all their videos yeah i mean trail tap i guess for sure yeah i think it's like you can let it live on the internet Mm -hmm. no one has dvd players anymore and like everyone like whatever you just download whatever you know but like primitive just did define sick like hour that's long cool. video that's an hour-long video of the whole team skating like they put it out on dvd too or just that in that? that i don't know probably yeah, probably not. just the internet <laughs> yeah, that's cool though but like look they, they did a full length video yeah we need those videos skateboarding needs those videos yeah, yeah. i'm sure it's snowboarding needs yeah. those yeah. videos it's like that that's i wonder important. if young kids coming up don't care if they're in a video like that or not they'll just want to have a part mm. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. Hopefully they realize the value. Hopefully after this bomb hole episode, <laughs> you know. Well, going back, you talked about Pretty Sweet. Let's let's dive into that part because that was one of your best parts of your whole career. Is that your is that your favorite part or where would you say? Yeah, yeah, that for sure was one. I mean, we worked on it for like three and a half years. So, um, Three and a half years. Three and a half years, that whole video, that was like the whole process of it. That's um, sick. It was long and fun and terrible all at the same time you know? <laughs> all of it together just sitting in parking lots at like four in the morning trying to do a flat bar trick for three hours it's horrible um, when it's happening but when you look back on it it's, it's a great thing it's a great thing yeah you know um and it the the main thing too is like we were a team doing it together which was great so like ty evans was the filmer and he like made it all happen and he was like the one pushing like that dude is so fucking gnarly it's insane he'll drive to kansas city like going to walmart like it's like hey what are you doing tomorrow like i don't know he's like want to go to chicago like 
guess. He's like, cool, I'm driving out 9 a.m. Like, that's just how his, he is. So spent a lot of time on the road with Ty, Corey Kennedy, Mike Moe, um, Stevie Perez. Like, we had our group, and, like, we went out and just basically that's what we did for three years. It was fucking amazing. Well, we got to ask. I know it's it's probably you've probably told the story a million times, but um, Buds might not even know if you've seen it. But he grinds his apartment uh, at at his apartment. He grinds a rail in his house. Yeah, nice. <laughs> at the intro, you want to talk? Tell us the story on that. Yeah, so uh, we were. It was kind of like the tail end of filming for Pretty Sweet. Um, we did a Kansas City trip, uh, and Ty, like I had a loft in downtown Kansas City. Um, it sound, sounds cool, but it's definitely downtown Kansas City. It was, like, super cheap and, like, <laughs> easy. Uh, but so Ty came in. He was like, dude, have you ever grinded this rail? There was, like, a, a like a, I think it was, like, 16 or 17 stair rail in the, the loft. Um, and I inside. was like. Inside. Inside. Yeah. So it was, you know, like. His a living room. So yeah. Kind of a big downstairs and then a lofted bedroom, but the bedroom had a handrail hand coming rail down. down. Um, and it was definitely kind of big and steep. But I was like, you know, I thought about it. Thought it'd be kind of funny, whatever. Um, and he was like, cool. I was like, oh, that's weird, whatever. And then, <laughs> so we skated that whole trip. And then the last day of the trip, um, I wanted to go skate this spot. And Ty came into my loft with all of his camera gear. And I was like, what's up? And he was like, yeah, yeah, let's do it. And I was like, do what? And he was like, <laughs> grind the rail. And I was like, what? And he was like, all right. And he just started setting up stuff. It was like, we're doing this. And Ty is like that in a way. Like, he's the guy that you'll go to a spot and he'll light, he'll be like, anyone will skate it? And everyone's like, I don't know. He'll light the spot up. Yeah, start setting up the lights. And just he'll <laughs> set up the camera and everyone's like, uh, I guess, yes, we're doing you know? This. So he just uh, started setting up and I was like, oh shit. And he was like, all right. And he had this whole vision. He was like, you're going to wake up, you're going to brush your teeth, whatever, and then grind the rail and then give the camera a thumbs up afterwards. And I was like, all right and then all i could think about was like this is my home like i live here like if i get smoked i have to walk down these stairs every day like look at it you know what i mean like it's not something i get to walk away from and be like i never want to come here again like i live here so whatever ended up setting up i was like kind of nervous and then uh at the bottom of the rail when you land there's a window that that goes off like a two-story drop so we had to like put a mattress in the window and then like screw this carpet up to like kind of hide it and all this whatever so um ended up i did it third try wow grinded it landed and i was so hyped like thank god that's over he's like all right cool one more and i'm like really like shit okay whatever um ty wants one more ty wants one more ended up doing it four times (laughs) Three for, four times. I grind landed it four times, grinded three times on camera, like for Ty, and then once for the photo because he didn't want flashes in the video. Oh wow! Um, and then uh, they're like yeah. that, huh? No flashes in the video. Ty was like, like that. that. I I didn't want that. The <laughs> skaters hate that yeah. shit. We're yeah, like, we gotta do it twice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, you know what's amazing? I always think about in snowboarding. A lot of times, like there'll be a photographer. You have somebody filming fisheye in the stairs and something, and you'll get you'll be like, "Yo, are you down to do one more after you get it?" Just to like get a photo without the 
filmer in there. I don't want to film. And, and, and I'm always like, yeah, yeah, for sure. Angle shooting foot yeah. when I'm shooting photos. Totally. Uh, I'm always like, yeah, for sure. I'll do it again. And then uh, I'll land the trick. And they're like, are right, you down to do it again? I'm like, fuck no. Yeah. I'm not going back up there. <laughs> Especially when it's yeah. gnarly. It's just, it sucks to even ask. Yeah. Dude, the intro. So in the intro, pretty sweet. I try to backsmith the rail and I come up short and I fly and hit my head super gnarly. In that clip, I landed the backsmith first try. And that was a, hey, one more. And it smoked me for like four weeks. I couldn't skate off of just like, oh, one more. You know what I mean? So like that shit can happen. It sucks. Uh, but As a photographer, I try to only ask when it's like something mellow, you know? And if it's yeah. gnarly, I won't. It's like whatever, unless the dude's stoked. But I get it. You yeah. know what I mean? Or like, if it's really worth it, you know? As a skater, you're psyched when you have like, the perfect photo yeah. and it's the perfect video of it like that's sick sometimes that comes at a price you know yeah now i'm wondering about this too because in snowboarding at least in my career i know that i had relationships with certain filmers and certain photographers where like we just gelled and, like every time i went on a trip with them like buds i always got good photos of buds or ollie gagnon or like and, and there's other filmers i've went out with and i'm like dude i can't i just can't get a clip do you feel like you had the good filmer uh, skater dynamic? Yeah, so I've I mean I've gotten lucky enough to be able to skate with my friends most of the time. You know, like I grew up skating with this guy Aaron Shaleen, who was uh, was a great filmer. Um, Ryan Lovell, like transition to Ryan Lovell, he started filming all the local videos, and like him and I have a great relationship even to this day. And then Ty Ty Evans was amazing. Um, you eventually get to a point where like the filmers know you're skating, you know what I mean? So like there's times when like I go to a spot and I'm like, I don't know if I can do this. And they're like, can kind of talk you through it. And I think that's like the best filmer, photographer, skater dynamic. You know what I mean? It's like, look, remember this day you did that? And like, it was kind of like, a little harder but you figured it out like it's kind of going to be you know what i mean they can kind of talk you through it i always felt like for me personally filmers and photographers were almost like caddies like they were able to kind of talk me through it a little That's bit sick yeah and um what do you think on this one huh yeah exactly like <laughs> or they'll send me a spot nine, nine, nine. okay nine, nine, nine. let's go like even uh i've been skating with this um uh, a good friend of mine his name's aunt travis he films for nike and he he'll send me spots and be like hey i think you can do this trick and i look at it and i'm like yeah maybe you're right like let's go skating. check it out and then he's like cool you can skate at this time whatever so like they're like working really hard to like figure it out um and then you know what i mean try to and then that just makes me want to work just as hard as well to like hopefully try to make it all happen i think when chris is filming he likes a filmer that gets him amped and, like, is hyped that he's doing stuff. So if it's a filmer that's quiet and not saying much because he's so focused, Chris just thinks, like, yeah. he doesn't like what he's doing or something. Uh, like you're bumming him out. I, like, <laughs> I, like, uh, I don't know stoked. if it's... <laughs> like, this guy has, you know, I think... It, like my trick? Maybe know. not as much anymore, but when I was really, really in it, I yeah. needed a lot of, like... I'd be like, yo, how's the clip looking? Is it good? Like, are we looking good? Like, and like, and if I, I needed, it. like, positive reinforcement, yeah. you know? I, so I'm the same way. I... I talk a lot when I get nervous. So like, yeah, I think mm -hmm. same. when I'm, when I'm at a rail, I'm like, yo, yo, like Molly looks good. Right. And they're like, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. Some, some people are like, 
what? And then other people are like, dude, you look solid. You and got you it. Yeah, 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 yeah. And you're like, cool. You're and then like you bail one. They're like, dude, you fucking got this shit. And you're like, really? Like, all right. And like, even in my mind, I know I wasn't even close. <laughs> butts, yeah. That's butts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like literally like just completely body bagged in the landing. He's like, you got this bad. Yeah. I'm like, dude, yeah. I do not have this. I just got <laughs> slaughtered. Go and get it. Uh, <laughs> that has to be the worst for, for filmers and photographers. There's times I'm like, hey, this rail's going to grind, right? They're like, for sure. And I stick. And I'm like, dude. 100%. Like, yeah, maybe you should wax it, I guess. All right. I want to talk about you. Uh, I know you've done some like kind of like business stuff. Like uh, you were part of that St. Archer deal, right? Yeah. I was um, uh, basically Josh Landon, who uh, is one of the founders and CEO of St. Archer. Um he was my manager at the time, um, my first manager ever. Uh, so he very quickly after, like, I was like, yeah, let's do this. He did a couple things for me, and then he was like, hey, we're starting this beer brand, like me, Mikey Taylor, and P-Rod. And I was like, amazing, cool. And then, you know, I was like, of course. And, uh, yeah, it was a great experience, um, definitely, you know, I heard that one went really well it for was, the investors. Yeah, it was a successful uh yeah. successful investment. Um but it was actually really fun too because you're like, you know, one it's a beer brand, so like all the all the stuff around it promoting it is just like basically a party. Um and two, it was like pretty it's pretty second nature to us because like, you know, without thinking about it. Like we're we're basically just m like marketing people, you know what I mean? Like yeah, you're a brand. Yeah, it's like skating is skate like for sure. Like we go out, we try to learn tricks, we try to get better, film video parts, whatever. But at the same time, it's like you're marketing yourself, and brands are marketing you. So like when it came time to do this business, it was like okay, like let's just do what we do with this brand. And the industry was like, you guys are killing it. And we're like, really? Like, <laughs> we're just doing what we always thought was like what we were supposed to do. So that was really cool. And Miller Coors ended up buying it. And um, I don't think it's around anymore. Oh, which it's is, not? I think they just folded it, which Did is they a little. Just bought it to kill it? <laughs> they, yeah, basically. <laughs> yeah. That, right? We Let's were just, a problem, yeah, I guess. Take yeah. Competition. <laughs> Market um, share is getting gobbled up. Yeah, they're making so much money with their own company. It's crazy mm -hmm. that they do it. Even buy these brands for so much money, you know. For sure, I, you know, it's, it's like for them, it's just a little speed bump. You yeah. know, for us, it was like life changing. Yeah, but, um, yeah. So it was great. It was really fun, and it was cool to like really bring the surf, skate, snow community together and and kind of do it, um, which was a, f a fun time. You know what I mean. And you guys never had to like re up money like you have to with someone else. Uh, we d we did. did. Oh wow. yeah, it that was scary down. when that happened. It was very scary. Because you, you know, can, either, otherwise you lose some of your ownership and or your for sure. And, and like so, Josh Landon, he was my manager at the time, became the CEO, whatever. And it was his first time like running a brand like that. So, you know, as these uh, like cap raises kept happening, we were like. I, I was like, yeah, where's this head? Yo, what's going like, on? you know what you're doing? Like, what's going on? Whatever. And he explained it. He was really good and really smart. And he explained it. And like, you know, ultimately I, I kept trying to do it the best I could, you know, for the money I had. Um, and then, you know, that thing, 
he was absolutely 100% right, and he ran it in the right way, and now he is like a, a drink mogul. The guy is insane, you know what I mean? He's like one of the best entrepreneur stories that I personally know. Yeah, he must have made a lot of money, huh? He made a lot of money. Yeah. And has continued to make a lot of money yeah. in the past. Now, Malto, I, I just want to take this opportunity. We have a business opportunity yes, for you right now. So okay. uh, you tried our product earlier. It's called Run Through Wall Smelling Salts. Okay. Uh, we're currently sold out. Maybe by the time this podcast comes out, we'll have more. Probably sold not. sold out twice. Let, let me, let yeah, me we get sold, a little look uh, at that. So, uh, it's called Run Through a Wall Smelling Salts. All right. Basically, when you, you sniff it like you did earlier, it makes you want to run through a wall. I can uh, I can attest that is what it makes you feel like. <laughs> Investors, possibly you. Yeah, so okay. um, you know we can we were gonna do a cap raise. I heard you use that term earlier. Cap yeah, raise. Just yeah, heard yeah. That, that raise. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna try to. I think our we're gonna try to you know get some investors, and we're really trying to take out like. You know, like Red Bull, like we're kind of trying to be like a lot of people do energy drinks and stuff. Like, why do you use energy drinks when you can just whack a smelling salt and then do like a fourteen forty? <laughs> as far as we know, run it's a lot healthier than yeah. Red Bull. Um, as far I, as we know, I we do have, have a research. question about this. Yep. Um. So what happened to uh Zeb when? Oh he, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he just yeah. way too hard. He went oh, in. okay. Yep. So he did yeah. have a little bit of liquid right. come out of his ears. Yeah, and, liquid came uh, out of his ears, eyes as well. <laughs> yeah. I, I believe they're not FDA approved. Okay. So there's a couple. <laughs> there's a little bit of red tape yeah. we're gonna have to get through. So a little funding to get yeah. that yeah. FDA yeah, approval. Get a little cap raise. Snowboard. He um, like approached sniffing just like <laughs> he does his snowboarding. We want it. We want instead of the the Red Bull helmets and all those things, we want run through a wall smelling salts helmet at the top of the X Games. It just Boom. has two little things that pop. The <laughs> <laughs> we want to see you right yeah. before Street League, yeah, right before you kick one, one zapped out. Yeah. yeah, on on air, you know, it's it's kids. It pans to your angle. You whack a smelling salt and then kick the front crook the hub, and then just like yeah, that just blow through the park. Um, <laughs> you know what? I think it's a great idea. Yeah, you know, I'm down. We're the gonna have to. We we're gonna have to talk to Mountain Dew about that. Oh, you know. True. Oh yeah, we're gonna. Yeah. Talk. There's we a little red tape. I I feel like it's it complements each other yeah. though. You know, no one's uh, putting Mountain Dew up their nose. So yeah, true. Certain, you know. And the first time we went live with them online, we sold out within like minutes too. Yeah, yeah. It's, minutes. It's a big product. Yeah. Our, uh, yeah, had like ten bottles. <laughs> <of them. laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't tell everybody. We sold that. out. <laughs> Yeah, we, uh, no, they those things. It's crazy. They sell better than any product we've ever had, and they sell out immediately. So. That, that is wild. Mm -hmm. It does actually. Is this like the same? Is this basically when people get knocked out? What they yeah, use? Yeah, so like, that's use. what it is, yeah, right? Yep. yep. I remember. They used that. to use them in boxing matches or yeah. whatever, and someone faints. They just yeah. kicks them back in the gear. They used to have them in first aid kits, and then you you. Two decided it was just good to use it without being knocked well, out. We yeah. saw we saw hockey players using it in the playoffs, and we said, you know what, we ought to use that for podcasting when people start getting a little bit yeah. stale, a little stagnant around the two hour mark. Yeah, around the two hour mark, yep. snap one, snap so, and sniff. Uh, going back to that, one thing I am curious about though too is you know we have a lot of uh, there's a lot of skateboarders and snowboarders that have a career in action sports, and then they just kind of go broke like life after boarding's hard the money management side of things is hard uh do you have any advice for people that are you know managing you seem like you've done well for yourself do you have any advice for people in that department well i got lucky so my aunt um was a business manager for mcdonald's and so at a young age yeah shout out aunt nisi um at a young age she like 
was kind of managing my money. So she was like, look, you know, you don't need whatever. Just basically put as much towards retirement as you can. And this is like how to do taxes and this like whatever, create an LLC and whatever. So there's like, there, there it's, ba- it's a game. You know what I mean? Like how America is with the taxes. There's like ways to kind of go around it. And um, so I had that at a young age and I got with, um, my friends that I grew up with in like the skateboard industry were very smart with their money as well. I guess my advice would be to just save. Like it's it's hard, you know, like you spend, we dedicate our lives to skateboarding. Eventually your body's not going to be able to keep up and it's going to be over. And like, that's just inevitable. In all of pro sports, you are going to have to stop at some point. Um, and then you want runway to be able to figure out what you want to do, you know, and however, however good you are at saving your money is the more runway you're going to have to figure it out. And you know what I mean? It's, it's hard. Like I, I, I'm struggling with it right now. Like I'm 32. I'm not old necessarily, but I'm old in the skateboarding world. And like, I'm going to try to skate and continue my career as best as I can for as long as I possibly can. But I do know like, yeah, like that that road is kind of coming to a close, not too far down the line, you know what I mean? Um I still feel great and I still feel like I can do video parts and whatever, but um I'm starting to think about it. And I have zero clue what I'm going to do. You know, I think uh I my friends around me, you know, I've been talking, I've been thinking and like but I will say my aunt when I was 16 the way she had set me up and the way I have been able to like kind of save money off to the side, I will have some years to figure it out. She started you at 16. That's, at 16, that's a, that's awesome. I maxed out a SEP, which is a simplified employee wow. pension plan. And I have maxed out my SEP ever since. Every year? Every year. And then there are other things I've put my money into, you know, investing into storage unit funds and apartment complex funds and um just trying to be able to have like a little bit of passive income come in you know after skating to be able to like figure it out you know what i mean it's like it's one of those things it's the it's the hardest thing in life i feel like is like transitioning out of something you've dedicated your life to into something else because all I've known is skating. I dropped out of high school to do this. Yeah, you know and what I people mean? can get depressed when that ends. So long, at least you have some money, it'll it, keep you hyped, I guess. Exactly. Or at least like get you to something. Because ultimately, you will figure out something you are passionate about. And you'll figure it out. And, you know, skateboarding has instilled values into my life that I feel like will transition to other parts. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of skaters seem to just get into skate business. Yeah, skate business, so whatever you want. You, you know that, you know? Yeah, and look, skating is trying a thousand times to land it once. You know what I mean? You take that into any part of any of life, and you'll be just fine. Yeah, you know what I mean? If you're, if you're cool with failure for a while, just to kind of get that one thing, then sure. You know what I mean? But if you can you, flip in, flip out, you got no problem getting door slammed in your face yeah yeah exactly it's like it's trial and error and it's failure it's just like failing 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 until it somehow happens but you 
definitely need a little bit of money for all and those a lot failures. Of the, the young pros don't have someone telling them to save their money, so that's good. That's good that she no. did that. Uh, speaking to our Even boy, taxes, right? Speaking to our boy, uh, or speaking about our boy Jeremy Rogers. Yep. He had told me when I was younger, he said, Sean, he said, I want you to spend every single dime you get every single month. Cause that's what he said? That's what he told me. And he was like, because it'll only motivate you to make more money next <laughs> month. <laughs> that's dope. <laughs> and I was like, Jeremy, that's amazing. I it's love great you, advice, but, but I'm not going to uh, Yeah, I'm going to go a different route here. I'm going to save as much money as I possibly can. Um, that's wow. cool. I love it. And one thing that's cool we didn't really talk about that I think we should talk about is your park in Kansas city. You had a private kind of TF park and what's going on with that. You still have it. Yeah, still have it. Um, so I'm a part of the skate shop there. Escape is skateboarding. Um, are you an owner or I'm actually not an owner. Um, it, they've, uh, they've sponsored me at a young age. Um, and they're the ones that have sent my tapes out to companies and Dan Askew and Nick Owen are the two owners. Shout out to them. They, have just helped me so much in my career that, you know, I, I I have to like give back to them. It's like the only, that's it. You know what I mean? And they do so much for the local community. And, um, as you know, I'm a big Kansas city per, like I, I love it there. Uh, it's my home. So they really push skateboarding on a local level. Like I've never seen before. So yeah. So when I lived there too, uh, the winters suck. It's terrible. You can throw a flat bar in a parking garage, but there's nothing like smacking your hand on cold concrete when it's like 10 degrees outside. So um, we had searched for warehouses and we finally found one. And I was able to, uh, you know, build the skate park there at the time. Um, and Mountain Dew actually uh, helped um, put features in there as well and shape the park up. So Shout out to Mountain Dew for helping that out and making that happen. But, um, yeah, we have a 10,000-square-foot warehouse right, side of, right outside of downtown. We have, like, a sick skate park in there. Um, and we have people, we have 25 members that pay 100 bucks a month, and they get to skate the park whenever they want. And I think that's, like, a fair deal. Yeah, that's sick. You can skate a, a private skate park whenever you want for 100 bucks a month. It's, like, pretty sick. Do you still Club. live out there in Kansas City? I don't. I actually don't. sold that place that I grinded the rail uh, two years ago. Mm. But I go all the time. Yeah. It's like I probably go more now than even when I had the loft there. Oh, really? Yeah. The you loft was always traveling anyways. The loft was sick and I loved it, but it was just like I wasn't there enough to kind of take care of it. My good friend that was living there was like ready to move out with his girlfriend. And um, it was just time. You know what I mean? It's like mm -hmm. it's time to let go. <laughs> Even though I was holding on for so long, it's holding on, smart choice probably in the long run. Yeah. Now let let's uh, keep things moving. We actually have a couple other guest questions. Uh, this one's from friend of the show uh, Kelly Hart, also previous guest. Mm. Here we go. Yo, what up, Sean? This is Kelly. Um, man, I know that you've done a lot of gnarly rails and tricks on rails, whatever, but. Uh, in your time, but I was wondering, what's the one rail or one trick on a rail that you are you look back at and you're the most proud? Like that's my favorite thing I've done on a rail. Let me know. Thanks, Kelly Hart. Great talk show host Hoping as well. Hear his yeah. laugh. Great podcaster. Yeah, fellow podcaster. Yeah. So uh, I would say the one trick that 
I'm probably like skating's kind of weird in a sense of like sometimes you do tricks and like you're excited to land a trick and sometimes you do tricks and you're just excited it's over you know <laughs> like you're like thank god i got out of that one um and i feel like this is a kind of a perfect combination of both but it was the backside over crook down that um the the bigger rail um one of my last tricks i'm pretty sweet um partly because like i really really was scared of that one and I really didn't want to do it. And Ty was pushing and Ty was pushing. And like, I kind of had to. Um, and it was the one, uh, it was like right towards the end of filming for the video. We had permitted the spot. We only had a couple hours left on the permit. And like, I just, I kind of just had to do it. So like, I just made myself get over it and do it. And that was one of the tricks where I was like very, proud of myself for actually getting over that hump and and one just actually ollieing to it and trying it and then two i was like so relieved to kind of be done with that three and a half year process with the video like it was kind of like i landed it and i was like good like that's it we did it cool let's wrap this up it's time to like move on you know good feeling you guys get permits huh we we didn't we we don't usually it's renegade style you know yeah. what I mean you get in you try to film it before you get kicked out but that was uh the intro to pretty sweet was at that school so we actually permitted out for the intro because we had like yeah whatever shoot. a whole thing yeah you know a whole preplanned thing and then after that um after the intro after we filmed the intro it was like okay let's just like try to get to business and actually like film this trick sick now uh that's kind of actually seems kind of horrible because in some sense it's like you know when you go to a really big spot and you're almost like hoping you get kicked out yeah oh my god and yeah you, you don't have any excuse call the police on you're yourself like, <laughs> no excuse i was like fuck i guess yeah, you I got guess. permission you yeah got permit. I, I got a trick nerd question because i think in pretty sweet you do the back over crook nollie flip mm -hmm. have you ever maybe you have and i missed it but have you ever done back over crook nollie backside flip I have never filmed one though, but really? I've done it. Yeah, at skate parks, just mm -hmm. on the flat bar. Honestly, my first one was on accident too. Really? Yeah, I just kind of got locked up on the flat bar. Like I locked in the backside over crook, and my shoulder just kept turning, and I just like went for it, and it just like wrapped around good, and I landed it. And I was like, whoa! And then it took me like an hour to do it on purpose. <laughs> <laughs> but it's one of those tricks I really want to like try to figure out a spot to do. That and back over crook nollie back heel, two tricks oh, I like yeah. trying to trying to get locked in. Great white buffaloes, if you will. And great white buffaloes, is that what that is? I don't know. Just the the like the one that you're just chasing forever. Oh I yeah, guess. the other white buffalo so rare and you never see one. Got it. <laughs> I guess old school hunters, maybe. I don't <laughs> Back in the 1800s. Well, while we're on guest questions, uh, let's hit another one from another friend of the show and uh, previous guest, Danny Davis. Oh, shit. Yo, what up, bombhole? Danny Davis here. This question goes out to Sean Malto, one of my favorite skateboarders since I was quite young, actually. I'd love to know what Sean's favorite kind of side of snowboarding. What What is his favorite? Is it rails? Does he like to watch, like, half pipe, the slope style, people riding big, free riding lines in Alaska? Like, what what is he most stoked on in the snowboard world? He kind of rambles for a while, so I'm just going to cut him <laughs> off. He, 
Yeah, he just Damn, just cut the legend off like that. <laughs> he rambles for like another solid 45 seconds, so I figured yeah. I'd just kind of... That was the question. The question was, the question was like, thank you, Danny. That was a great question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Danny is by far my favorite snowboarder in the world, so uh, it's great that he called in. Um, it's a good choice, too. Yeah, Respectable. I mean, he is the man. Yeah, he's dope. Sickest dude. Great style. Uh, and I've got to spend a lot of time with him, too, just through some Mountain Dew trips as well. So I think so. When I first started snowboarding, I was really into, like, the street shit. Like, I liked, you know, seeing, like, the crazy kinked rails and, like, all that. And, like, that, to me, it still is really cool. But um, as I've evolved in snowboarding and as time goes on, I just love, like, just seeing people like hit those powder lines, like dropping in those like crazy lines and going through trees. And like, um, I just think that shit is so sick, partly because I can kind of relate to it too. Like, you know, I see like Zach Hale do like 25 flat 25s. I can't relate to that. I can't even like think about how to do that. Although I think it's sick because like, that's what I do skating. But when it comes to snowboarding, like just seeing like tree runs and like those like crazy lines from the top of mountains, I'm like, that's so fucking sick. And like those like kind of natural jumps, I'm like, fucking like that is like what makes me want to like go snowboarding. Go snowboard more. Yeah. That's why I love Danny. Like he makes it look so sick. Yeah, so easy. He's so cruisy. But and then like you hit the pipe with him and you're like, oh shit, this dude is the man. Didn't you and Danny snowboard together and skate? You snow- you skated, he snowboarded for a Mountain Dew thing? Yeah, so Mountain Dew did this thing called Super Snake um, in Tahoe. And they built, like, this, like, crazy kind of snake run for skaters with, like, obstacles. But they also built, like, a snowboard run that kind of, like, went, weaved in and out. And it was really, really, really scary for us skaters like they it throw was wood down high speed yeah it, it was, was so wood made, like, it was like wood. scaffolding down wow. a fucking mountain it was crazy it was super scary um i only like made it through the whole thing like once or twice but like it was so <laughs> slow for the snowboarders <laughs> scary so that for you you know the idea was great right so like snowboarder skaters come in snowboarders like whatever leave in and out but like they were just like speed checking and like all Try slow to get and i was like super scared the whole time <laughs> um there's yeah a video up for that there's a video it's called super snake it was like four or five years ago um but it was sick like danny davis just seeing him like do his thing him and i like grinded this hubba together at the same time which was rad and then scotty is it lego or lago uh, I've heard both ways. I think Lago maybe is the correct, correct way, but I have no clue. I have no yeah. credibility on that. Answer. All right. So it was uh, Danny and Scotty Lago, and then uh, Jeremy Jones showed up. That was sick. Um, and, yeah, we were just basically, like, we filmed the video, which was cool, you know what I mean? Like, we were like, all right, let's get this, shots, whatever. And then it was just, like, full-blown sessions, like, I was snowboarding and trying to do like whatever figured out and like Danny was skating and stuff. And, and then we were like doing doubles and it was, it was like, you know, it was basically like we had like three or four days to film it. And like, we like actually took care of everything like early and then we just seshed it. Just and had it was fun. Awesome. Yeah. And which was really cool. You know, like not a lot of people kind of cross that boundary. Mm-hmm. So it was cool that Mountain Dew like, 
you know, they know I love snowboarding. They know Danny loves skating. So it was pretty Perfect. like, like, let's just cross this up and see if we can make something happen here, you know? And that's cool. We did. You, you know, Danny, um, you know, he's known for riding half pipe and, and uh, transition and powder. And he doesn't get on the rails a lot. We, we refer to the rails as the steel. Do you know uh, Dan's nickname? By chance, when he gets on the rails, <laughs> no. no, we call him Steely Dan. Steely Dan, yeah, yeah. That's, that's when he's getting when he starts putting up those front boards. He's probably pretty good at it. Oh, he's nice, but yeah, he has razor sharp edges. So you know your edges on the side. Yeah, of the yeah, yeah, yeah. On a half pipe, you want like those things are icy. You want them to be razor sharp. So it's almost like jumping onto a bone dry rail that's never been waxed. Like you, <laughs> you might catch. You just that's, might grab. So that's the scare. Like do do rail. Like snowboarders, do they shave their edges down? Yeah, I think it's actually, it used to be really common, like where you'd like grind them down to nothing. I used to take them down to nothing. I I leave them pretty much the same out of the plastic. I don't like sharpen them or anything, but a lot of, a lot of rail specific people really make them dull. And especially if you're going to front board a kink or something, because that's your, your heel edge is going to dig in. You need to like, like in the streets or something, you might just freaking just get that thing dull. So, you know, you're going to be safe on a kink roller yeah frontboarding through a kink rail on a snowboard is like uh, it's just uh, it blows my mind these i don't know how to so do it light-footed these days man they go do you knobs. hop or do you do you just try to you, get you go kind of like gordon light yeah, gordon Lightfoot. you lift your gordon heel up <laughs> you go gordon lightfoot on them <laughs> the good thing is you can't um cut open your taint which is great that's yeah. that's good but you know 25 flat 25 you got to deal with that yeah 100 percent um well, red gerard Watching him at Peace Park on yeah. that A-frame rail was psycho. Red's right. just good. Yeah, I, you know, Red rides for Mountain Dew, too, so, like, I've got to go on trips with him and, like, talk with him about certain things, mostly about golf. Red and I talk about <laughs> golf a lot. <laughs> but that A-frame rail, which I, I think I claimed I was going to grind it. That thing's a beefcake. Did yeah, you get on that no, thing? No, I didn't do it. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm kind of a poser, I, I guess. I was watching... Uh, Peace Park when we were there and I kind of had this epiphany watching and I think I kind of back this claim and maybe maybe I'm wrong about this but I think Red Gerard's the best snowboarder alive on planet Earth that was my that was my um, deduction watching him run. that's pretty dope I I would have to you know my small knowledge of, of snowboarding I love watching him he's so fucking sick he it's like the what do you call it the fucking there's like a term and is like battleship rail or yeah yeah battleship but he like board slid and then hopped to to like a 5-0 or tail press and then went back to board side down it was like i blew my mind no one was doing anything like that and red was just he's a problem the kid's a problem out there now uh where he's kind of not that much of a problem though is the golf course i've noticed Mm. like he he really good he hasn't quite fit it like i can mop the floor with him last time i went i I mean maybe he's gotten better maybe he had a bad day though you know (laughs) yeah how how are you feeling on the golf course against him uh i've never golfed with him we just talked about 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 it a lot oh you talk um, swings we're both like uh we both play tailor-made clubs and tailor-made has hooked us up and which is shout out tailor-made they're amazing about that um but yeah i've never played with them but you know i uh i would be pretty confident beating him <laughs> uh no he's You're been golfing nice but i've clubs? i've been playing yeah, yeah. So. question you ever uh put a couple bucks on the line when you're playing how does, it, how does that work do i do i ever i 
always do. Always. Yeah. <laughs> What's the yeah. point of even playing? Like, I don't even, to me, it doesn't even matter. Like, the putt, there's, like, I don't care if the putt goes if in. There's no yeah. money involved. Or it doesn't, it doesn't go matter. in. Even if it's a dollar. Here's, here's the thing about golf. Everybody sucks. <laughs> it's like, everybody sucks at golf. So... You know, you put a little money on it and you play per hole and like whatever. And that that's the fun of golf, right? Like you're just like, you might shoot a 10 on a hole, but if you're playing per hole, then it doesn't matter. The next hole you restart, whatever, you know what I mean? So playing skins, it gives, it gives a chance. Question who, uh, let's talk skaters and golf. Who's, uh, who's a bit of a threat out there on the golf course in skateboarding? Always Costin. Costin? Costin is, you know, he has three kids and. He runs businesses and whatever. He's busy and he runs. He's amazing skateboarder. And it's like he doesn't have a lot of time to golf, but he's always a problem. He just, the dude grinds. But he's fucking Eric Costin, you know what I mean? He's played like pro-ams with professional golfers mm-hmm. and he's gotten lessons for the past like 20 years. So I feel like him standing over that three-foot putt that's like clutch, he's going to go Drano every time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Costin's always he's a good. Ice water veins. You know, we we play like two on two a lot and whatever. So Costin's always a good partner to have on the on the team. Would you say Costin's the Tom Brady of skateboarding? I I mean I don't look at Tom Brady the same way you do, but <laughs> <laughs> I would say question. I would say he's the Michael Jordan of skateboarding. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, one thing we got to do that we haven't done yet oh. is uh, the pub beer crapshoot. That's right. Welcome to the pub beer crap shoot. You gonna crush some can, bud? Might as well, right? It's about that time of the show. It is, yes. How's it tasting? It's uh, delicious. Nice. It's well, cheap, fun. It's pub beer. That's their motto: cheap, fun beer. If you're thinking about getting absolutely annihilated and drinking about seventy-five beers, waking up bloated, swollen. Uh, possibly urinating your pants. What are you going to choose, bud? Pub beer every time. Responsibly. I should Responsibly. say that. Responsibly pub beer. Now, getting uh, getting into uh, the pub beer crapshoot, you just got to roll that dice, and then I'll uh, tell you what you got to do. Two of them or just two one? Two of them. Dose, yeah, two. All right. Here we go. Responsibly 75. You got an eight? Eight. Eight's a shitty question, so I'm going to go seven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's your favorite person to party with? One of your favorite, per- I think it's like in the skate industry or whatever. Ooh. It does snow, it doesn't matter, kind of. Skater, photographer, filmer, doesn't matter? Yeah, maybe do skate, snow, photographer. Maybe you could do okay to couple, or whatever, just do whatever. Okay, do whatever you want. my favorite skater to party with has to be Paul Rodriguez. Smoke some stogies? Or Great, what? dude, we smoke cigars, but Paul... Paul's good for any situation. He's good if you want to smoke cigars and have a glass of whiskey. Cool. If you want to go to a dive bar and hang out and just whatever, lose your mind, great, dude. Snowboarder, party, you know, it's hard not to say Danny Davis. He's so fun to just kick it with. And that guy, he knows how to drink some beers. Mm -hmm. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. And then, like, my all-time good homie who I – it's, like, my party guy – is Tiba Jefferson, photographer. He's like one of my best friends, but that dude is amazing um, and super fun to hit the town with. Solid. Good answers. Well, we do a little section of this show called Hot Takes. I think it's a good time to get into hot takes. What do you think, bud? Mm-hmm. So uh, first thing we always ask is, who is the Michael Jordan, both male and female, 
or goat of skateboarding? Who you got? Male and female? Yeah. Okay. So I would say the goat, Michael Jordan of uh, my generation, who I look at, is Eric Costin and Alyssa Steamer. That is a very solid answer. Mm-hmm. Love that. Uh, next question is, who's the most underrated? Well, I mean, look, the one of the most underrated skaters I've ever been around, one of the most talented people I've ever seen skateboard was this guy, Ryan Pierce. He's from Kansas City. And, um, you know, he had a chance to be a pro skater. And he honestly he just was like, I'd rather just do my thing. I'd rather just skate however I want to. Oh, he um, wasn't down. It's not that he wasn't down. It was just like, it just wasn't the right time for him, maybe. He to skate on his terms. Yeah, exactly. He was just like, look, I love skateboarding. And I'm yeah. going I'm to skate however I want to skate. And so when the How industry, yeah, so I just think it just didn't line up for him. Um, really good friend of mine. Um, but if you ask some real skaters around Ryan Pierce, you'll they'll be like, yeah, he's one of the best ever. Wow. like that answer. Yeah. Uh, next question, rails or ledges? Rails, for sure. Okay, best style ever? Kenny Anderson, best skate style ever. Snowboard style, Danny Davis. Respectable. Uh, best board graphic ever? Best board graphic. Man, there's a lot of them. Um, I'm going to have, you know what, one of the, graphics that stands out in my mind it's not even like that sick of a board graphic but it was this zero board that had like a pumpkin on it that was like some like weird halloween whatever but it was my first pro model skateboard i've ever bought and it was a train wreck zero board and that to me will always kind of be like Mm -hmm. my favorite shout out alex gall right there huh um okay if you go heli boarding this is going we're going back to snowboarding you go heli boarding, good times boarding, just powder runs like you were talking about earlier. There's three people in the world. Who are you bringing in the heli? Who am I bringing in the heli? Um, Danny Davis, for sure. I've been talking a lot about Danny. Uh, heli boarding. Um, you know, I've I've met her before, and I follow her on Instagram. I think she's super sick. Laura Laura Hadar. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh, yep. That's she was right. on Nike. She's yep. dope. Um, and... The third person would probably be, you know what? Th- this is coming out of left field, but do you guys know who Craig Weatherby is? Yeah. Yeah. I saw you guys were playing dominoes mm-hmm. at Peace Park. The good life. Yeah. So Craig, good friend of mine, um, loves snowboarding with him. So I'm going to bring Craig, Danny, and Laura. Sounds Craig's like a pretty chill, solid man. That's chopper. A good crew. Yeah. yeah. We, Pro skaters don't get in the... The helis much. Yeah, huh? that's the one you guys don't get in the. No, property. we never get, get in the birds. We never get invited. I don't know. Well, <laughs> or even just for yeah. skateboarding. Well, you know who does? Really Bob Bob Burnquist. Uh, 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 Danny Way. With the big ramp. Yeah, big yeah. Ramp. Danny jumped they, out of a chopper. Oh, that's under right. A ramp. Yeah, that's right. Uh, Burnquist flies choppers. Um, dude, helis are sketchy though. Yeah. There's what not was somebody saying like every heli goes down at some point or something. Yeah. Fuck, that's dude, that's sketchy information right there. Scary. Maybe um, you could incorporate that into street skating. Somewhere. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. I mean, like a heli, like a really low hover, like caveman boardy on yeah. the steep rail. <laughs> For sure. 
really yeah. Belly that's cool. That caveman board slide costs ten thousand dollars. Great. <laughs> I'm surprised Nike yeah. hasn't done a video though where the heli's out filming in the streets or something because they did that in snowboarding. Yeah. Well, Ty did it. Oh, Ty did it. Yeah, Ty did the it. The nerd um, bird. We are blood Mountain Dew video. Um, now they got so drums. Ty was flying up around skating a, a rooftop in Dubai on a ledge, trying not to fall off. The exactly. Top of the ledge. Sketchy. I wouldn't even want to go there. We, yeah, it was like the most expensive hotel in the world, and we're skating a ledge. They didn't even let us like in the hotel. We had to take the service elevator to the top. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah. No. Did anybody's board in. fall off? No, no, no. They had like it. It was pretty, pretty buttoned up, you know. But the, I think the hotel was like twenty five grand a night or wow. something crazy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. Um, and they like you had to pay money just to go into the lobby. And so, like, they didn't even, like, we just took a service elevator to the top, and then, like, Ty filmed us do ledge tricks with a fucking helicopter. It was, so like, super paid, strange. You though, to even do that, right? Yeah, but yeah, still for didn't sure. You You're, like, 40 tries into a nose grind, nollie flip, yeah. the helicopter's hovering. It's like, <laughs> next you? try, Ty, I yeah. got you! Over the walkie-talkie. So next time I go to Scotch Pad up in uh, Freedom <laughs> Frontier, I'm going to need a heli for uh, my <laughs> manual tricks, you know? Mm-hmm. So speaking of, uh, we got a kind of tell the listeners what scotch pad is basically uh at the cabin the freedom frontier we have a manual pad there and scotty arnold uh self-proclaimed it scott's pad he basically was like oh how's scott's pad doing and oh you like scott's pad you always want to skate scott's pad later (laughs) and eventually his persistency it stuck as scott's pad and then uh Lauren over here, I heard her come up with uh, Scotch Pad is what we changed it to, <laughs> like Scotch Bright. So um, it's officially been changed to Scotch Pad, uh, which we were like overheating robots repeating that uh, up at the cabin yesterday. It was a good time. What Scott think about that? Uh, he was like ollieing, and he'd be like Scotch Pad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he low key loved it. He was hyped. Yeah, <laughs> Scotch Pad. Uh, one more question. We kind of bailed out of. Um, uh, hot oh, takes. Right. We're going to get back in. Yeah. Worst trend. What do you got? You know, I feel like skating has, uh, it's weird. It's transitioned from like, you know, doing hard tricks to like doing really simple tricks that look cool, which I really love. You know, like I think that's really cool, like to, you know, like whatever. But I feel like sometimes that is getting pushed a little too far where I'm like, you know, I'll see stuff of people that I know they're more capable of the tricks that they're doing. And I'm like, yo, you know, like <laughs> you kind of need to like you can't get away with just manualing a curb right now. Like maybe you got to like do something mm-hmm. more. Um, but that said, it's like it's like I grew up in an era where we were just trying to do the hardest tricks we possibly could over and over and over again. And like, you know, that can get looked at as like maybe that gets a little boring and maybe whatever. But. I just, uh, I see it transitioning pretty far that way. Kind of want it to swing a little bit back. Mm-hmm. It'll um, all come back and cycle. Yeah, Snowboarding yeah. Snowboarding does that too. It's like it gets a little too yeah. cruisy where you're like, what did I just watch? Did anyone, did you do <laughs> anything? <laughs> you know what I mean? so hard it to totally become yeah. And, yeah. Yeah, the era of like the Technar superstar, people doing big tricks on big rails. And I, I personally like, it's like you said, do whatever you want. But in my opinion... Hard tricks with good style will always be king. Yeah, always that's just that's rule. me. I'm I'm uh, not. I maybe I haven't adapted to that. Absolutely, but, but you know, how old, how old are you? Beep this out, Paul. I'm so I'm 32. It's like we kind of grew up in a similar generation. We kind of see like 
sometimes I see kids coming up that are popular and the tricks that they're doing. I'm like, they're not even doing anything. Yeah. You know are what I mean? Are we watching the like, same video? They're <laughs> not even trying to like really, and I'm not saying I'm doing the hardest tricks. Like I'm definitely not saying I'm pushing the bar that hard, but uh, there are people that are. Totally. Yeah. I can put some respect on their name. You know? Slap some respect on some yeah. raw respect. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and talk to you guys about Granite Towers Equity Group. It's Dan Breezy's company. He was episode 71 of the bomb hole. He's a friend of the show. And if you're looking to invest some money, he's got a great company for you. So here's a couple words from Dan. What's up, everybody? Dan Breezy here with Granite Towers Equity Group, here to talk to you a little bit about investing. During my snowboarding career, I made some pretty stupid investments and put a lot of my money in IRAs and life insurance policies. And I soon realized these investments were not going to move the needle. So in 2017, we founded Granite Towers Equity Group, where we buy multifamily apartments. We come in and add value to every deal we buy by upgrading the property's interior and exterior, and you can invest right alongside us. You don't have to go out and learn it all and manage your deals and become a professional investor. We've raised just under $100 million in equity and have 2,100 units under management in the Dallas, Texas, and Nashville, Tennessee market. And we invest in every deal we buy. Every single deal will have skin in the game. So direct message me today on Instagram to learn more. My Instagram name is at Dan Breezy. That's at D-A-N-B-R-I-S-S-E. Or send me an email, dan at granitetowersequitygroup.com. Thanks. All right, we're really excited to talk to you guys about Slow Tide. We recently just did a collaboration with them. We got a Slow Tide blanket with the Wayne's World logo on it. If you want to go to a park and have a picnic, this thing kicks ass. Great for any type of camper. Great for the couch. If you want to lounge and you want to look cool while doing it, get yourself a bomb hole blanket. We also got the bomb hole towel, baby blue with the all over print. If you want to dry off in style, Get yourself a bombhole towel, which is available at bombhole.com, as well as slowtide.co. A couple other things about Slowtide that I think is really cool is every product is 100% sustainably and ethically sourced. It's made out of quick dry material. It's made out of water bottles. So you can feel good about what you're buying. They also have so, so many cool artistic prints. They got collaborations with artists bands, you name it, they got it. So head on over to slowtide.co, use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off. Head on over to slowtide.co, use promo code BOMBHOLE for 20% off. All right, uh, Waddles? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to get that one to stick. Uh, That's, that's, yep. That ship has sailed. So uh, Waddles, we like to do... setups on this show where we talk about for you let's do skate setup what do you what do you run in trucks wheels all the whole shipping um, were you skating when wheels went all small kind of they were like ever come back. I, <laughs> maybe i don't know i'm functional huh? i remember costin had like 49s one time and he called them weekend wheels wow. set them up on a friday take them off on a sunday <laughs> they're already um, done <laughs> weekend wheels uh yeah i remember you see some yeah. that were so small super small vincent alvarez still skates his wheels to like they're almost bearing covers but um my setup i skate i mean i'm like skating small wheels compared to most like my wheel size is 51 millimeters which is pretty small but 
I was on 52s for a little bit, but like I just got lazy to try to like get them to 51. So I just get 51s and change them out more often. But, you know, I get free wheels. So uh, thanks, Spitfire, for doing that. Change them out. Uh, so I skate 51 millimeter Spitfires, uh, bones bearings, thunder 148 highs and, uh, geo 52, which is an eight, two, five, uh, girl board. So my like board shape is, uh, I've never done a board shape in my life. Um, I skated this eight, one, two, five for probably close to eight years, um, and after I had ankle surgery, I wanted to kind of make a board that helped with uh, my ankle doesn't flex as well as it used to, my back ankle. So I, I wanted to kind of make a shape that got the tail down a little easier and a little quicker. Um, so I actually did my first shape ever, which was this 825 Geo 52. And I made a little flat in between like the, the truck where the it's like a little flatter before the tail kind of kicks up to just a tipping point. Um, and yeah, I, I made it, I kind of made it for me just to, for my needs, but you know, the, some of the team skated it and they liked it. So we actually put it into production. So the same board that's on the wall is the same board that I skate. Um, so it's longer than your average, it's longer than your average deck. It's actually not longer. The wheelbase is just a little shorter. Wheelbase is shorter. Okay. So I, I just tucked in the trucks a little bit just to, make the flat so it tips easier because yep. more leverage basically i was ollieing and getting a little uh air foot which when you ollie air foot is like the board kind of lags before it hits your foot um which can get a little scary when you're going at some bigger things and i wanted it to kind of feel a little more on me so that was like i was like fuck it i'm just gonna make a little flat um and I tried a lot of things before that. I tried low trucks. I tried smaller wheels and like whatever. And ultimately I was like, let's just do this board shape. And yeah. And it, it seems like people are into it. People like it. So that's cool. It's um, cool. You figured that out. Yeah. You know, it's a good thing to talk about too. I skated uh, girl chocolates for freaking 12, 15. I don't even know how long just exclusively. And it was because they're flat. Mm. Um, why you know there's a lot of people that argue they like a steep nose and tail uh what's the argument for a flatter concave board i like flatter boards i just feel like i can maneuver them a little better i just feel like i can get the tail down i can like kind of st- i could kind of like um my flick is a little more consistent on them i get like steeper boards like you have more leverage and i get that and i understand it but it just doesn't work for me so, you know, it's like just anything. It's all about what preferences and what you like and what you don't like. For me, I like a flatter board, partly because I skated girl and chocolate most of my life. So it's like what I'm used to. But I know like a shod wear is like a flatter board guy. But like Costin, for example, loves the steep shapes. Um, so it's like, you know, if you say like, here's a shod wear and Eric Costin, two of the greatest skateboarders we've ever seen in our lives. One skates a flat board, one skates a steep board it's like it's all preference for me how my body works and after ankle surgery especially i just need something that's uh, a little easier to get to the ground um and i don't have as much like force on my right ankle as i used to so the flatter board just helps out with that nice now talking about we didn't talk about and we can maybe cover this kind of briefly but 
you know, you had a pretty crippling ankle injury. Uh, and we get messages from listeners a lot of times that are like, hey, like I get personal messages like this, like, hey, I just got hurt. I just messed up my shoulder, my knee, my ankle. I'm going to be on the couch for a while. What, you know, do you have any advice for me? And I know you've, you've been laid out. Yeah. Do you got any, you got any wise words for those people? I had reconstructive ankle surgery, like probably six years ago. Um, my advice would be to like, whatever you love, like most people that message me are skaters. Um, so for me, like I messed my ankle up. I had to get surgery. And so I treated physical therapy and actually like getting healthy, like skating. Like it was like every day I woke up and like, this is what I thought about. This is what I tried to do. And so like that repetition and getting into that, like, all right, this is what I'm focusing on. That helped a lot. One, it gives you a little purpose. You know what I mean? Like when you skate your whole life and then you can't, it's like kind of can get a little depressed. And then two, it's like, you're getting healthy at a faster rate. You know what I mean? Like it's really easy to sit on the couch and drink some pub beers until, you know, you, it's like, cause another thing is when you get hurt, like time doesn't exist. It's like, you just sleep when you're tired and you're up when you're up. It does really daylight doesn't even matter. So it, that is not healthy. You know what I mean? So you kind of got to get in a little bit of a, routine and just treat physical therapy and treat getting healthy like you would skating and learning tricks and that's what i tried to do helped me out and then it's uh yeah you just gotta you know after that like me my ankle has never been the same since and yeah, i was gonna ask you that does it still hurt yeah it still hurts it's still it's like once you have an injury like that it's just becomes your life you know yeah. what i mean it's like I so wish I could hop out the van after an eight hour drive and skate the way I want to, but yeah, you know, I'm going to have to stretch for an hour and I'm going to have to like take care of myself and like figure it out. And you know what I mean? That's just, it's just a different lifestyle. Not to say that one's better than the other, like whatever, but it's just different. You know what I mean? That's I hurt my ankle snowboarding and it's just never the same. And it's just life. You yeah. got to deal with it. There's two things you get hurt and then you don't get younger. Yeah. So, it's like, and then it they, just gets stiffer as you age. Exactly. You know, the, it's like when I show up to the skate park, it's weird. I, I never know what I'm going to get. It's like sometimes I show up and I'm like, oh my God, I skate for hours and I feel great. Sometimes I'm like, I feel so good. And I get to the park and I'm like, oh my God, like my body's just not cooperating. You know what I mean? <laughs> not today. It's just part of it. It's like, whatever. It's There's like, that Mark, Mark like Johnson that. quote where he, I forget what video it is. Maybe it's modus operandi or something or one of those videos, but he's like, some days you show up to skate and you just have it. Like you just have it. Yeah. And other days it's like nowhere to be found. Something along those lines. And I always thought that was a great quote about skating. And it's so true. Like, For sure. It's like, it's like, I mean, Everybody has good days and bad days, you know what I mean? Just chasing that. Chasing that uh chasing the dragon, you if you will. Chasing those good days. But since we're on a snowboard podcast, I could talk about snowboarding a little bit, which is nice. Um my back ankle doesn't flex a lot. So snowboarding has actually been a little weird. Like my front foot gets really tired. Um, which is interesting because like when I'm in like powder, it's kinda like it's hard for me to get back there. It almost feels like I'm manualing when I'm like 
actually kind of even. Wow. Which is weird. So like when I, when I'm like snowboarding for a little bit, my, the first thing that gets tired is my front pinky like toe, like really, cause I'm that far forward. Yeah. And I wonder if that's affected like, uh, how, because like when you're running powder, you kind of got to be in the backseat. Right? Back yeah. yeah. Um, Do you try like a longer powder board? I, I want to mess with like getting, setting the bindings back yeah, a little yeah. bit and, and yeah, Makes so such a difference in the powder. I gotta, I gotta like try to figure that out, you know, and Maybe. a powder specific board where it's already yeah. in the back. Yeah. The problem is, that is like tail, like will really just make it work for you and make it much easier. So uh, like, Maybe maybe Burton will host me one day at yeah. the facility and like help me out a little bit. But um that's the thing. But the the problem is like I don't go like I probably go like twenty times a year, which is quite a bit, but that's not quite a bit not not a ton people. though. So I would love to kind of get dialed in. Maybe I should bring like two boards with me every that's trip. That's kind of the move. I think yeah. you want a, you want an all mountain slash park board. Or if you know and you want a deep trip. powder day yeah. board that like Barely has any tail, and you're just the nose just wants to it like wants to just sit, yeah, like where the nose is up above it makes the snow. it for no effort in the powder, and your pinky toe won't start to hurt. But snowboards, snowboarding has also gotten to like when I was younger, I remember like the quote was like, Your stance in your pants can never be too wide, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> like that yep. was a thing, yeah, yep. And then now, like, everyone's kind of narrow, dude. People yeah. are going, narrow. yeah, yeah, it's crazy. You just got to do what go feels good. Feels right for your body. For, some people's knees want to freaking go bow-legged. Some people want straight. Some people want posy-posy. It's just like, you just do what feels right. I guess, yeah. I've, I've been searching for that. Whatever the least <laughs> amount of pain is. I feel like skateboarders <laughs> are used to a cl closer stance, and I think mm -hmm. it's probably more beneficial to you, for you to have a narrower stance. I've always wanted a, a closer stance, but I've also, like, you know, I've, like, trusted and for who was well, like me. I saw the pro snowboarders. I'm yeah, like, oh, they they're wide. Might as well go yeah, they wide. Used to you be know what I mean? Crazy. Yeah, crazy wide. That's like there's no I'm way saying. that that's performance enhancing. Like yeah. it is definitely hindering your but performance. But then you got Sean White with that 25.5. Yeah. yeah, looking like stance. A, that's a huge stance. Yeah. 25.5 is big. 25.5 inches. It's that's it's giant. Yeah, I guess that's yeah. crazy. The average stance is probably 21. Maybe. Yeah, yeah, something like that. 21 and a half, 22. What are you at? Uh, honestly, I'm actually not sure. I I don't usually. Don't <laughs> I, I, dude, it's weird. I don't it's know. More of a feel. It's, okay, yeah, it's kind yeah. of a feel. I think I think I'm right around 22. I'm pretty sure, but I'm not. I've I, written I don't, your board. It's right around 22. I don't get all cross-eyed with. It. Sometimes I fuck up setting my board. I'm like, whoa, that's not it. That is we're we're off there. And then you just adjust it. Um, I have a couple other snowboard questions for you. Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> it is. All right, what about uh, our step-in bindings frowned upon? We like to make fun of them, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, but the thing is, the is that we like to make fun of them. But I will say, they've come a long if way. If you're like, if you're like a recreational snowboarder and you just want to like do turns down groomers and you don't want to bend over and strap in, they're good. Hence, I'm still not going to stop making fun of them. Okay. Well, supposedly, Burton's coming out with some new ones that are just incredible. And same, remember uh, Rayberg was in here. Yeah. With some flows I'm not, that look uh, pretty good. Supposedly they're good. I'm not sold on any of that but stuff. But sometimes I get the, you know, the political answer from the Burton guys. You know what I mean? They're like, oh, no, they're great. Burton's but, like, I look at their eyes and I'm like, you, you, ever, you see one guy on the pro team yeah. wearing this? No. Nobody so I'm, Supposedly I'm, with age, they're going to be a good thing. As you get older, you don't want to deal with it. It's fast, you know? For sure. And, like, look, I'm... 
like I'm I'm the type of guy that I look at the pros and like I want to do what they do. You yeah, know what I mean? Like, them. I look at Tiger Woods like I do what Tiger Woods does. Yeah, like, whatever. I'm never gonna be as good as Tiger Woods. I get it, but like whatever he does, I want to do. And so like I look at pro snowboarders and I'm like. I whatever they do, I want to do. You know what I mean? I don't see any. Yeah, how of many at Peace Park had uh, step ins? None of zero. Them. Yeah. So, and then the other thing is, what about what about boa boots? They're those solid. are those are cool. Yeah, boas are great. Uh, you can yeah. get a hybrid that laces like normal, but it pulls your uh, ankles in, and those are super dope. Those are good. Yeah, okay. it's like a combo of laces and boa. I've come a long way. I mean, everybody's got their opinion about it, but I've ridden some boa boots that I think are good if you mix them with laces. Like, yeah, inner inner bladder boa, outer liner is lace, but I've had a great experience with boa, but I know that there's people that'll tell you don't touch it with a 10-foot pole, but that's not me. Okay. Yeah, I think they're dope. All right, cool. You know what I mean? Like, I go to, I go to like, winter dew tour, you know, and, like, I'm, like, around all these pro snowboarders and, like, that I respect and, like, I'm, like, looking at my setup, like, I wonder if this is okay. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you should, you yeah, to look right. I'm you looking at, I'm like, am I getting made fun of right now? I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> it is, though. It is when, you know, your setup's looking right. You want it to look right, whether yeah, it's a skateboard. Right. Yeah, exactly. I mean, these are the pros. <laughs> these are the, my favorite snowboarders. You like, don't want to be self-conscious. It'll yeah. Make ride bad. I don't want to be like, hey, Danny, let's, like, hang out. And he looks at my setup and he's like, oh, not with those boots. God. <laughs> you know? <laughs> what outerwear are you rocking? I outerwear with the supreme kit going yeah so i got the supreme uh north face kit um but i Put like tie-dye on that maybe yeah uh kit. but um you know what i'm honestly just like i'm in such a gear crisis right you now. got a kit crisis. Oh, i gotta geez. i gotta figure it out i like i can't figure it out i don't know which route i want to go because like it's i love i love raibu and i like love his style mm-hmm. like baggy pants whatever but like I'm not like a baggy pant guy, you know uh, what I mean? Um, on a snowboard though, it's th- you can you can you yeah. can mix it up. You can go you can go tight streetwear, baggy on the board. That works just fine. Yeah, yeah basically, let's see. I have the snowboard, uh, or I have the uh, Supreme North Face kit. Um, I have some it. older Nike stuff that is like okay, um, but Nike doesn't make outerwear anymore, right? I don't think nope. so. No, so I was, you know blessed with nike for a little bit but now i'm kind of like trying to figure it out yeah. i don't know that's kind of a that's kind of hitters though still if you still got some crispy nike yeah. stuff i'll tell you this though uh there's probably people that work at all the snowboard brands that listen yeah. to this show and uh any of them would be happy to send you whatever I'm you want sure. so. i i would love a kit i'm trying to figure it out what about our bibs like a dude bibs are dope bibs yeah are tough yeah, in the spring but dope yeah. Yeah, you wanna you wanna open those vents in the spring. You okay. know, you wanna talk about like really dope Steve that used to come back is like Trevor Andrew used to run bibs, yeah. but then he'd wear a belt and then drop them down. Mark Frank too. So wow. they're kinda they're yeah. kinda dangling. And that's like if you wanna kinda dope. show up and just fuck the game up, yeah. like run Instant some respect. bibs down, uh slap some Ross back on that kit. Yeah. Get you a nice nice I mean the Supreme Jacket's probably a hitter. You should yeah. probably keep running that thing. Yeah, okay. Supreme is pretty dope. What kind of boots are you running? I, so I have Burton boots. Um, they make good boots. Yeah, and and they hooked me up with that. So it's amazing. Um, but it, it's like one of those things where like, you know what I mean? Like I kind of want them to feel like skate shoes. So I like want thin, like nice boots that like 
actually like move, but also it's like cold out there. It's cold. Also, you got to be careful of your ankles, dude. Yeah. When I you, know. When you run soft boots, you fuck your ankles up. That's so the thing. So like sometimes I get these soft boots. And I'm like, I love them, but it's like not good, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but I have some good Burton boots. Uh, my whole setup's pretty much Burton bindings. I have that custom board, but Danny said he's going to send me his pro model. So hopefully, nice. you know, hopefully uh, that'll change my front foot stance a little bit mm-hmm. also it's you gotta show board. up next year with a new kit anyways for gear you can't be rocking the same yeah, kit. You no 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 i gotta i gotta redo my whole thing <laughs> gotta keep Amazing. it fresh yeah all right well let's just change gears here real quick because uh you know do tours coming up right around the corner you guys just did a little unlock the spot or unlock the spots about to happen i'm not sure where we're at with that right? it's it's about to happen okay so the skate team uh theotis uh cookie Mariah Dran, myself. So we're uh, Mountain Dew is going to come to all of our hometowns, and basically the spot that is not able to be skated—that's a big bust. They're going to permit it out so we can skate it, and then invite people to skate it, which I think is really cool. Yeah. Because um, there's always that one spot in the hometown where you're like, I wish, I wish we could just get some time there. So yeah, uh, we're about to do kind of launch that. We're still. Wait and see what spots we can be permitted and <laughs> not. Um, what are the cities? It's, uh, so Theotis is Englewood, California. Uh, Cookies, Burlington, Vermont. Mariah is Albuquerque. And uh-huh. I'm Kansas City. So That's going to be sick. Yeah, we're going to do a little tour to try to unlock spots. Um, and kind of like it's for us too and also the community. So like let the kids skate the spot. That's so like a paid. 24 stair neck high. Exactly. Baba. Yeah, yeah. Here we go. It's unlocked. Let's see what you got. Yeah. Unlock, go. <laughs> but it's all leaning up to a do tour in Des Moines, Iowa mm. in July. And then we're going to do the contest there, which will be a two day event. It'll be really fun. And then we're going to unlock the spot in Des Moines, Iowa. It's like, the big kind of last hurrah of the whole thing. So it'll be cool. It'll be like a little tour leading up to do tour. That's sick. Solid. Yeah. I like that. And that's a good, uh, good concept there and good that's stuff. Cool it's always cool. Get to skate. Dude's doing good stuff yeah. for the skate community. I mean, it's funny. Mountain Dew hit me up. They're like, Hey, we want We have this project. Like we're doing unlock the spot. Like, do you have any spots? And I'm like, I'll send you a list of 10 spots right now that like, I wish I could skate. You know what I mean? It's like every city has those. So Mm -hmm. it's a cool concept. It's great. Um, Hopefully I could get Danny and red out to some of those. Mm -hmm. Um, See them skate a little bit. See What's up? You know, you guys should do when you're done is like um, uh, skaters three. What's it called? The skate video game. EA skate three spot owned afterwards. You spot owned. Spot owned. Yeah, right. right. yeah. And that's what you do when you kind of, I don't know if you guys remember that video game. But I remember that. Oh, yeah. Are you in that? Skate 3? <laughs> no, I've never made it in a skate. Mm, uh, I made it in a Tony Hawk Pro Skate. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I was in 4. Respect. Which was tight. That's pretty sweet. You got a video game character. Yeah, that's it was good. cool. It was weird. Like, you, I had to go in the studio and do skate noises, which is really weird. When you're skate like, noises. Ugh. <laughs> ah. Like, you're like, it's like, it was so awkward. I was like... <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> that's amazing. Um, well, dude, you just want you had that part come out in Nike. Was it constant recently? That yeah, a year ago. That was all, you and um, what's his name, the Carlos Ribeiro. Ribeiro, yeah, yeah the uh, Brazilian. Yeah, so awesome. Carlos is a really good friend of mine. Um, amazing skater, and like it kind of uh, 
it was weird like i was just supposed to have a few tricks in it like whatever and i was just skating with carlos and we were in such a good rhythm that um aunt travis the filmer was like hey you know he pushed for me like i think these guys can like share a part and like whatever so it was really cool for carlos to allow me to like share a part with him one and then two like to have the opportunity to be able to film for a nike video like that um so i was really grateful to be able to do that and to film that um half part with carlos uh and now I am tomorrow leaving to Sweden to start the next Nike video project. So we're filming a new video. I'm really excited about that. Um, just to be in the streets and skate and hang out. Sweden's dope too. That's going to be fun. Yeah, doing Sweden, Copenhagen, and Greece. What city in Sweden? Sweden going to Malmo. Malmo. So Malmo's close to Copenhagen. And then Copenhagen Pro, that contest is happening out there. So... Just Sweden for a week and then head over to Copenhagen. You win that back in the day? I got second. Second. Okay. Yeah. I was close. Well, well, we'll be looking for that uh, back over Croke Denali backside flip. Yeah, no, yeah. Maybe was... I'll just try to do it there. It'll be like, get it, get a heli out there to film it. Yeah, exactly. And also, we'll <laughs> Four be looking hours for the, we're going to be looking for the bomb drop to uh, Caveman to yes. down rail mm-hmm. as well off the helicopter. Yeah, I got one more Patreon question. Yeah. It's a good one from uh, Liddy. How do you stay so young looking? What's the magic ingredient? Asian. That's what's yeah. up, huh? Just gotta be Asian. That's it. Except Shit. when you get when you're like eighty, you look super old. Though. Exactly. Yeah. I think it. I think it. It goes all the way up, and then it just flops over to the other side. Yeah. Holy shit! What happened? Exactly. Um, yeah, Asian and and short hair. Every time I cut my hair, I swear it like takes ten years yeah, off my hair. my look. So. I have kind of long hair right now. Um, you think about bringing back the bowl, maybe? Yeah. Maybe, yeah. A bowl in the back. I we know. Could, we could I do know. that. Yeah, we do have a couple of like pasta bowls we could bring. Yeah. Yeah. You got it? Yeah. We, we, got some scissors we could have done scissors. it on show right <laughs> now, right? <laughs> Actually, yeah, good neat. look for Sweden. I'm like, I'm in this zone right now where I look down, I look at my feet placement, I'm like, cool, riding up to a spot, and when I look up, my hair is just blinding me. Ooh, <laughs> yeah, that's so kinda, that's an issue. Huh? I have to skate, I have to wear a hat right now, it mm. just sucks. My hair is in that zone where a little lo- longer, it'll like kind of stay out of my way, yep. but right now it's just perfectly in my Right in the eyes. Yeah. Things begging for a bowl is what it sounds it's like to begging me. Begging for, for a bowl. bowl. <laughs> Things begging for a bowl. Bomb uh, hole, a bowl cut. Bomb hole, bowl cut. Yeah. The bomb bowl cut. <laughs> bomb bowl cut. Bomb <laughs> <laughs> signature bomb bowl cut. That's some reggae I mean, maybe I just need one of those bucket hats and I'll be fine. Yeah. uh, For the people that are listening, they can't see because a lot of our people don't tune on YouTube. They listen on podcasts. Uh, Stony Buds has a dyed purple beard uh, with bleach and a purple bucket hat that's actually folded over more like a bonnet. (laughs) With my headphones. (laughs) More like a Little House on the Prairie bonnet. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, available at bombhole.com now. Maybe sold out. bonnets. Uh, yeah, bombal bonnet slash bucket hat, depending on it's a choose your own adventure situation. If you're gonna wear big headphones, if you're gonna wear big headphones, it becomes a bonnet. So, all right, well, Sean, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. I really course. appreciate having you. Yeah, thanks uh, for having it's been, me. It's been a pleasure. I'm always excited to kind of talk about snowboarding too. It's like a passion of mine. I don't really get to like talk about that. That's often. dope. Yeah, that's so sick. But before we wrap this thing up, do you want to throw out any thank yous? Oh, I mean, thanks to you guys. Yeah, thanks for having me. Obviously, Mountain Dew uh, for bringing me out here and making this happen. And um, honestly, fan of the show. So thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, can't wait to hear next episodes coming up. 
Appreciate it. Thanks, Malta. And people can find you on Instagram. Is that and where where are they where can they find you on the social shmi? Just at Sean Malto. Um, I have a TikTok, but I don't even know what it is. To be honest <laughs> with you, you don't know your TikTok. I did. Someone That's took my right. name. Oh really? Yeah, I think it's like Sean Malto, like thirteen, like or something. something like that. Yeah, I forget. <laughs> I haven't really posted a TikTok yet. I'm not a big TikToker, but um, yeah, just at Sean Malto on Instagram, and then. You can uh, obviously uh, see me at Detour coming up in July. Killer. Well, uh, I want to say thank you for coming on the show. I want to say thank you to all of our sponsors. You guys are awesome. I want to say thank you to all of our Patreon members. And thank you to everybody that tunes in, listens, watches, buys merch. You guys rule. we got another podcast coming at you next Wednesday, over and out from the bomb hole. Don't forget to run through a wall. That's right. (laughs) 